Tonight's episode of the Tuesday Night Cigar Club is brought to you by Drew Estate. Come experience the rebirth of cigars at www.drewestate.com and download the free Drew Diplomat smartphone app today to discover nearby retailers, RSVP to special events, redeem points to win exclusive Drew Estate merchandise, and much, much more. Good evening, brothers and sisters of the leaf. Coming to you live once again from the corner of No Hope, it's the Tuesday Night Cigar Club Podcast. Tonight the boys discover a new best friend in Charles Bronson lookalike Robert Bronzy as they talk their way through the completely unique, well, at the same time really not unique at all, 2018 vigilante flick Death Kiss, while drinking pint after pint of Innocent Guns Original Ale paired with the delicious Cuban Partagas Siri D number no. 4 cigar. Sounds like we're in store for one hell of a party, you filthy punks. So sit back, light them up, and enjoy the show. Y'all uh, keeping up on your celebrity news? Yeah, boy, I know you're always curious what famous celebrities are up to. Absolutely. Uh, I saw this pe- peculiar headline this morning in the Daily Mail... Sophie Turner, you familiar with who that is? I am. Game of Thrones, she plays one of the Stark girls, the the redhead, the older oh, sister. Oh, yeah. Uh, I think Ted knows who she is. I, X-Men too, right? She's in the new X-Men movie? Yes. 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 Sophie Turner, here's the headline. I've seen her. And Sophie Turner chugs a whole glass of red wine in front of ice hockey fans before distracting fiancé Joe Jonas with kisses. How could I not click on that article? Uh, it says, We know her best for her acting talents, but Sophie Turner has quite the party trick up her sleeve. On Tuesday night, the Game of Thrones actress thoroughly entertained ice hockey fans by downing a glass of red wine in one go, which was caught on camera for the arena's jumbotron. <laughs> but she also seemed to be vying for a kiss cam moment as she spent the New York Rangers game smooching fiancé Joe Jonas, guys, that's of the Jonas Brothers. I was going to ask that. At Madison Square Garden. When the British actress, 23, noticed that she was being shown on the gigantic video screen, she picked up the wine glass and knocked it back as folks laughed and cheered. She then fist pumped and laughed before wiping the excess wine that dribbled down her chin. Sophie later posted footage of the moment on her Instagram 
and referencing her Game of Thrones character wrote, the Starks know how to send it. Heck yeah, Sophie. You so, just went up in my... Regardless of that Jonas thing, she, her stock went up. So, hear me out, boys. On a Tuesday night this took place. Yeah. A Tuesday night. Okay. What's your shirt say there, Ted? It says Tuesday Night Cigar Club. This young actress just happened to chug a drink the very week after I chugged yet another drink. How many of those have I done? Right here on the podcast. Coincidence? I think not. Maybe Sophie's a fan of the podcast. We are officially influencers, fellas. I think so. We are changing the cultural zeitgeist one beer chug at a time. You're welcome, Jonas Brothers. So why don't we see what young Hollywood starlet we can tempt to follow our lead next, shall we? I hope not Winona Ryder. This is my thing. Mine! Dude, people have been chugging things forever. He's chugging it. Why Why are you doing this? Why are you doing this? I mean, who's going to, who's going to do it? Is it... I mean, maybe Justin Bieber chugs one next. I mean, well, you did you it. Did it. <sighs> See where she got that move where you wipe it off? <laughs> you got a fist pump? Oh, yeah, there you go. There's the fist pump. If you watch our Buddha Remembrance video, you got it. You got I it trademarked there. that fist pump. You're welcome, Sophie Turner. See, Tut was all like on board. Like, I love this I chick now. She's I a am. fan. She's Absolutely. clearly a fan, and I'm like all bitter about it. It's my thing. That's what you get from chugging too many beers over the years. <laughs> you're a paranoid. Everybody's your enemy. Uh, no, maybe we'll get some other young, hot... Sophie, man, write us on the podcast, and uh, we'll get you a sticker. Maybe Ariana Grande will be seen <laughs> chugging from a boot next. I'm just chugging from the boot. Demi Lovato, maybe. Well, I think she's got some substance abuse problems. That's probably not. We don't want to see her chug a beer. She's really cute, though. Is that the Cuban girl? The yeah, 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 yeah. I don't think so. I know the name, not the music. Okay. Yeah, I don't know any of these people. What they do, I do know the the Sophie Turner girl from Game of Thrones. Yes, but because uh, we're, we're basically famous. They, they were they were nice <laughs> enough to point that out for us. Yes, Sophie Turner. Game of Thrones. Oh, <laughs> Game of Thrones. All right, yeah. Hey, boys. We've been saying for years: make America party again. And this just happened to be a Brit. Cool on you. Mappa? I'm sure that <laughs> chugging that beer just Mappa. now on an empty stomach won't affect the rhythm and flow of tonight's show whatsoever. No, nah, we're screwed. I'll be keeping it classy and tasteful as always because, after all, I am a professional beer chugger. Unlike these rookies out there. I know what I'm doing. So uh, let me ask you before we get things started. After watching tonight's film, was I the only one to see wanted to see the Charles Bronson look like in a porno? <laughs> yes. Yes. Yes, you you are the only one. I'm First you're coming, now you're going. <laughs> Blamo. <laughs> Come on, how, imagine that dude looking just like Charles Bronson in a porno. You got six dollars? Condoms. <laughs> there you go. I'm going to shoot my loads all over your face. <laughs> all six of them. Blamo. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, I guess it is kind of disturbing that I picture that immediately after he screws the girl, he shoots her in the face. Uh, I call this move the plumber. Uh, this one's called the driver. I promise. I'll if I put this leg this way, it's the mechanic. You gotta watch out for him tonight. I'll stop. No more. 
First I squeezed your knockers, now I'll squeeze them a trigger. <laughs> Blemo. Now you're dead. <laughs> All right, enough of that. It's enough of that. I can't oh. believe you guys didn't think that, no? <laughs> no, no, That's, I did not. That's quite disturbing, actually. We're going to get in all sorts of trouble tonight, aren't we? Pretty much. Uh, yeah. Because yeah. now I'm <laughs> yeah, picturing it. I, <laughs> I can't stop. <laughs> Welcome, everybody, to Tuesday Night Scar Club, episode 91. 91, 91. man. 91. Marching our way to 100, one episode at a time. That's how it works. Uh, we're almost there. And I promise I will try to behave from here on out. We've had some kind of raunchy episodes. I'm going to steer clear. <laughs> you ever hear of a Bronson 69? You lay on top of me and I shoot you in the face. Lemo. <laughs> Cats Fest. Who's going to Cats Fest this year? Oh, wow. You going? Am I? I don't know. No. Uh, we're, we'll we're, we're, we're still in limbo when here, but I do want to take a minute. Our to schedule you. is uh, trying to work out. We're trying we to work some out. things up in the air. Would you say logistics? We're working on logistics. logistics. We are working the frack out of some logistics. Uh, the 2009 Cats Festival, a.k.a. Cats Fest 6, will be the first craft beer and cigar festival in the United States. That sounds right up our alley. It actually uh, does. But Cats Fest is so much more than a craft beer and cigar festival. It is a great community coming together to support our deployed men and women in the armed services and having an exceptional time while doing it. Uh, Things kick off. Give you a little sneak peek of how these things go. This year is much bigger than ever. Things kick off in style Friday night with the Drew Estate VIP Denim and Lace Dinner. So you know it's going to be good. If we go, we will be VIPs. Aren't we always? Always VIPs. Always. Uh, followed uh, that night with the Chili with Beans competition. They have several different categories of chili cook-offs. they got to have chili without beans. Is there any other type of chili than chili with beans? I like beans. I like beans, too. But apparently there's a lot of southern people that are like, you don't But I do like the fact that they did specify oh, it's chili with, with, with beans. Because chili is delicious, and it's just the meat. The only chili I don't like with beans is on hot dogs. No, I'm cool with that, too. I, I would put it on there. I'm not going to turn it down, but... I would I'm, totally turn it down. Yeah? Beans do not belong on chili on hot dogs. No, 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 no. As long as you can Rachel Ray the cheese on top of that thing, to me, it's chili, fine. To me, chili without beans is Sloppy Joe. <laughs> Might as well but be. I'm, I'm but I was Sloppy Joe. originally from North. They, they, they're big on beans in their chili up there. I make you sick. Is your I? Sloppy Joe a no, sandwich? No, no. No, we call them Sloppy Joes. Oh, okay. You don't well, yeah, well, you just open a big deal of manwich? You use the manwich, but we don't call yeah, it. We call it Sloppy Joes. Yeah, it's, uh, some scathing... You ever hear of a Brownson Sloppy Joe? <laughs> I get in squat thrust position. All right, that's... Sorry. <laughs> oh, uh... Trying to help Cat's best here, damn it. Uh, <laughs> oh, these images oh, then, aren't going to go away anytime and soon. And then after uh, the Chili with Beans competition... There's the Drew Diplomat Legendary Pre-Party. Boys, we've been to a lot of the Drew Estate pre-parties. Uh-huh. I'd say so many memories, but I don't remember a lot of what goes on there. Uh-uh. It uh, is a party. Is oh, Pedro going to be there? I'm sure he will be. Then I'm not partying with that, dude. Uh, I don't know how popular the dance floor will be at the Drew Diplomat Pre-Party after the Chili with Beans cook-off. <laughs> I'll, I'll dance later. <laughs> Come on over. Join the party. I'll be there in a second. Y'all dance. Yeah. Uh, anywho, then on Saturday, this is why you're there. Uh, the big event, you get cigars, you got craft beer, you got Bloody Mary competitions in the morning. 
Those are my kind of competitions. And mustache and beard competitions in the afternoon. That's my kind of competition. I just trimmed it. I did have a decent beard. Uh, live music galore. Yeah. Huh? I said, yeah. I did have a good beard? Well, you said you trimmed it. You said, oh. You like it? I was just agreeing. Okay. So that used to have a glorious beard. Now it's wimpy. I didn't say that. I saw it in your eyes. Uh, and finally, on Sunday, you've got a bunch why. of stuff like the Cigars for Warriors two-person scramble golf tournament, the crazy pizza party. Why is it crazy? you got to show up to find out. It's literally three fucking days of raising hell and raising a ton of dough for our troops in the process. Um, so, Cade, when is this event? When is this event, Cade? You may ask. Thank you, Tut. May 23rd through the 26th. Uh, okay. Lake Granbury. Conference Center in Granbury, Texas. Up Not around Granbury, Dallas. Granbury. Bury. Up near Dallas. It's in a new location for new the location. first time in years. Yeah. Go to catsfestival.com for ticket and hotel information. Be there else, punk. Uh, if you do go, don't party with Pedro on a Friday night because you won't remember Saturday and you won't be good True. Sunday. Although, you know, I'm very proud of us. We party our faces off every Friday night that Drew State pre-party and we showed up ready to rock on Saturday. I mean, sometimes... It, we're, yeah. we're dragging each other down to the <laughs> podcast stand like uh, Chuck Rambo driving, <laughs> dragging those <laughs> prisoners of war. <laughs> uh, but we made it. We made it, and we always we always did our jobs. And I hope to be there this year. Yeah, uh, it sounds like fun. It it's really going to be it's going to be huge. And uh, Storm and Scarce Warriors are really great friends of the show. We do whatever we can to help. And, and it is a good community. I met my reverend there. Yes, you did. Uh, Quick little note: We will be doing a live, uh, possible live show with next my next week with your Reverend, our good friend Rev Java is going to be joining us, uh, who we all met at Cats Fest, and he's 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 one of our, our good friends now, and um, so yeah, it's just a it's a really great environment to meet people, to celebrate cigar culture, to bring hey bring your wife, get her introduced to cigar my culture. My wife's been to one. My wife has been to one as well. Um, so yeah. Uh, catsfestival.com I believe is the website catsfestival.com and we'll let you know in a couple weeks if we're going to be there and stay tuned I might just have some tickets to give away and those tickets ain't cheap what yeah so yeah they aren't cheap watch watch our be sure and tune in to our possible live episode next week our Revenge of the Nerds episode is what the Reverend has picked for us to talk about give me the tickets mama and (laughs) give me those tickets mama and, uh, yeah, might have some tickets for you. Stay tuned. Sweet. Uh, before we move on, Yak Boy, you just had a, as always, epic weekend, St. Paddy's Day at your pub, O'Brien's Irish Pub in downtown Historic Temple, Texas. Speaking of pubs, Tut needs a beer. How did that St. Patrick's Day go? As always, it went off Good. Busy as hell? Yes, busy as hell. You guys shut down the, Two whole, days. the whole street in downtown Temple, Texas. Did your plan survive the first contact with the enemy? No, was not it really. Just it, was like just, <laughs> it, it just failed at every level. You, you try to you try and plan everything out. You try to say, like, we got to do this and that, and we'll do this different. Nah, just, it just goes to hell. Then all but hell breaks loose. Everybody had a great time. It was, in fact, you know, two days... Yeah, because it was the St. Patty's was on a Sunday, so Saturday was also Gangbusters, uh, live music all weekend, bangers Guinness. and mash out the yin yang. Bang, yeah, I don't know if I want to put it. Uh, that there, didn't it, sound good. Yeah, I was looking at the pictures from all the musical acts you had there. It looked pretty nice. Yeah, it was. Everybody's rocking. Everybody's yeah. dancing. Everybody was just having a good time. 
Good we stuff. gave you two days to recover before doing the show. You still look incredibly sleepy. It's it's all right. I, I can survive. Right. Drink some of this. It'll be fine. <laughs> How many uh, kegs of green beer did you guys go through this time? Six. Yeah. yeah. Twenty-three. Two. Two. We don't. You don't want to have green beer after. <laughs> that's true. That's true. <laughs> but like you know, that they say the, don't wear white is, after Labor no, Day. You don't want to drink green beer after St. Patty's. Those first Day. couple years when uh, Cody, Cody had the pub, <laughs> he, he was still shoveling that shit on us like in you know late April. Drink it. Oh, more green beer. That's, oh. Yeah, that's great. Green beer, my favorite. Uh, well, good. And if you missed out, there's always next year. Uh, I've decided I'm going to learn the bagpipes, and then I will be performing at O'Brien's next year. Huh? Well, then this hurry and come out. That might be the last St. <laughs> Patty's Day celebration. This may or may not happen. Why? Well, you got a goal. That's more than yeah, that's usually right. we you do around here. Goal. I got a goal. Look at you. Who do you think you are? Chug I've, that beer. I've got Get rid goals. of those goals. <laughs> I've got goals. Wash them out of your system. <laughs> Tud, uh, anything from you before we start things off? No. All right. Bronski is <laughs> taking over already. <laughs> the, this, this Charles Bronson nonsense is going to make a lot more sense I here. I will say, if you're minutes. going to buy something from Amazon, go to the TuesdayNightCigarClub.com website, click on the Amazon, then shoot... No, I almost went pornographic there, and I'm not going to. <laughs> no. You really disappointed me. <laughs> I know, I can't, man. I uh, know, if you're going to buy something on Amazon, go to TuesdayNightCigarClub.com, click on the little Amazon deal, do your shopping from there, we get a little kickback. Uh, if you're going to do uh, if you're going to do some cigar shopping, go into uh, TuesdayNightCigarClub.com, click on the famous smoke uh, smoke banner, mm-hmm. and then if you're going to spend something like, say, about 100 bucks, uh, type in the promo code TNCC20, TNCC20, and you'll get 20 bucks off. And I'm going to give you a little tip. Go to Cigar Monster. They've got about 50 bargain deals. Uh, add, you stack those up. Add a five. Add a well. Just get what you want. It's a little under 100 bucks. Yeah. Then go to Cigar Monster. Get you a five pack of something that looks interesting. They're all on sale, but they come with free shipping. Yeah. So boom, you get it right around 100 bucks. You don't have to pay shipping. Then you get the 20 bucks off. You're out of there for 80 bucks. Man, you're rocking. Bam. You're welcome. I like it. I like it a lot, too. Join us on uh, Instagram, TNCC underscore podcast. Uh, hit us on Facebook, Tuesday Night Cigar Club. Subscribe to us on YouTube, Tuesday Night Cigar Club. It's a lot of Bam. new subscribers last week. Yeah, you did, because it was our St. Patrick's Day extravagant yeah, drinking I chugged again. That, chug the damn boot. Well, I mean, People want to see the chugs. Did Sophie subscribe to us? Who? I'm sorry, I just chugged a beer. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> Sophie, Sophie Turner, the, of course. The Game of Thrones. Yeah, she did subscribe to us. Okay. And she does follow me on Instagram. I want to try not to remember I'm twice her age, and she's like... Was she ever naked on that show? No, I don't Everybody think she was. was. Yeah, No, no, uh, her and Arya haven't been because they were so young. Well, yeah, nobody wants to see that. Yeah, because uh, even, even when uh, she was with uh, Home Dude, no. I don't think she was. I'd like to see Khaleesi chug a beer. Be like TNCC, open, like TNCC T-shirt on. Oh, I want to see Khaleesi's bodyguard with this new Charles Bronson. Khaleesi, <laughs> I'm going to chug a beer. No, you can't, Khaleesi. <laughs> I'm going to chug a beer. I'd like to see him take that dude's place. <laughs> <laughs> Summon the dragons. No. <laughs> Did you feed the dragons? Yes. All right. All right, we're going to get to this very unique movie here in just in a minute. But as always, we pair the movie with a cigar and a beer. 
Um, <laughs> our movie features an imposter, a literal fake Charles Bronson. It looks like Charles Bronson. It somewhat speaks does like Charles. in a voice that's kind of like Charles Bronson, <laughs> but it is literally a fake Charles Bronson. <laughs> so in the cigar world, what cigars are faked more than anything? Cubans. Cuban cigars. So I decided, you know what? We're going to smoke a real Cuban tonight. What? This, my friends, is the Cuban Partagas Serie D number four. Okay. It is a 4.9 times 50 Robusto. Cuban wrapper, Cuban binder, Cuban filler. Imagine that. Box code, which is important when you're trying to discern fakes from a... you got to look at the box code on the bottom from Habanos. That can tell you if you're getting fakes or real. Box code, for you keeping track at home. EPM FEB18. These are from February of 18. Distributor is, like all Cuban cigars, Habano S.A. Uh, I'm going to say price point. From Cigar Aficionado Magazine, who I don't reference a lot here on the show, but they rated tonight's cigar in 93. They, they don't throw those out very lightly. Back in 2012 and 2015, and they gave it a whopping 94 way back in 2011. I learned this from C.A., Don Jaime Partagas created the Partagas brand in Cuba in 1845. That's like over 150 years ago, right? Yes. Yes. And he constructed the majestic Partagas Cigar Factory as a proud symbol of his brand, which later was run by Ramon Sofuentes until he lost it to nationalization when the government took over. Yeah. Uh, Cuba's Partagas brand is large and includes the best-selling handmade cigar from Cuba, the Robusto size Serie D number four. This very cigar we're smoking tonight is the most popular Cuban cigar sold today. Okay, like all across the world, like Correct. Pitbull worldwide. Correct. Okay. Didn't see that coming, did you, boys? No, 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 no. no. <laughs> sort of. Yeah, uh, so that's all I'm gonna say about. It. Fake okay. Charles Bronson, real Cuban. That does not fit with the theme at all. You should, I figured we'd be doing fake Cuban. <laughs> Where did you get this? Well, often fake Cubans are made with floor sweepings, hair, rubber bands. Hey. <laughs> they make them for tourists. They put a shiny band on it, put it in a glass top case, sell it on the beach to, you know, numb nuts that don't know any better. And uh, they're, also cu- they're also fake cig- uh, Cuban cigars. They're actually just... Real cigars, they just buy cheap, you know, cheap handmade cigars, put a thing on them, and mark them up twenty bucks a pop. Yeah, uh, I got this through a reliable source. Reliable source. Um, they are becoming more and more easily obtainable right, in the states. Right. There's several very trusted websites um, which you can get through. I think the majority of them ship via Japan. Yeah, that seems to be the the route they take. But uh, yeah, I'm, uh, um, I got these from a reliable source. I'm gonna leave it at that for now. On the cold draw earlier, I will say this: I got a really nice grape-like sweetness. Um, I got some earthy, I got a real mild earthiness smell. But dude, the feel of the wrapper was what got me. Ted pointed out when we were taking pictures of it. it, it it's kind of how'd you phrase it? It's it's. I'm not sure I did phrase it. It's just it it was a very difficult cigar to photograph because it was just kinda it's not very contrasty. It's kinda non plus. It's just kinda 
there. It's rustic, but it's it's a very rustic. I mean, it's a lighter shade, uh, you know, wrapper, but it it does have kind of a you know a bumpy a bumpy kind of feel to it. But that wrapper is just silky. Is I mean, it's almost like I don't know. It's it, rubbing between my fingers. It's got a very unique texture to it. Um, it did have a very sweet cold draw. I did appreciate that. You like that sweetness? Yeah, I'm not sure if it was grape or I would identify it as grape, but it was definitely sweet. It was come sign. It was it was nice. <clears throat> this will be interesting, huh? Yeah, I'm kind of surprised you boys with something different tonight. Uh, we always said we didn't like to do cigars that were limited or hard to get or all this, but you know what? It's really if you have it just. I have no gumption in my life. I'm a beer chugger. If I can track these things down and, and with fair, you know, fair, fairly easily, anybody can can get their hands on some. Okay. A little bit of pepper on the nose. Um, I'm, and I'm getting just a really mild chocolate and nuttiness on the on the draw. Huh. Mild side of medium so far. It's not a lot of. Not a lot of strength there at all. Even with the no, little, even, even with the little faint pepper on the nose. Uh, See, I'm getting I'm I'm getting woodsy. You getting some woodsiness? Yeah, I'm not getting any any chocolate whatsoever. It's a very faint. It's a very faint kind of like cocoa powder. It's not like a dark chocolate or um, it's kind of like a very faint kind of cocoa powder with uh. Mm. Yeah, I can get a little bit of cedar in there. A little bit of cedar. Yeah, did you get anything on the cold draw? It was almost... It was like a very... It's not... It wasn't like hay. It was like... Like cut grass. Okay. But like, you know, just like a hint. Like yeah, it was very faint. It was very faint. So, I think I got a little bit too. But... There, and there, there was a, there was a little bit of a sweetness there. But, I mean, nothing, nothing I'm not earthy. Getting, I'm not getting any of that sweetness in the actual smoke. No, no. Yeah, tell you, you know what? About a half inch in, you're right. Uh, the woodsiness, uh, that cedar is kind of overtaking the the early. Yeah, to me, it's the most. It's it's what I identify. That, that, as that light cocoa kind of came and went within a, a few puffs. Um, now now I'm getting just a, a really nice cedar with that pepper on the nose. Uh, the smoke profile looks great coming off your cigar. It's a sexy looking smoke. It really it is. It really is. Yeah. Uh, okay. Well, as, as folks know, there is a partagus that's available in the states. Um, you know, there's companies that buy the buy the name and, and put them out. I've, I've been a fan of the Partagas Black for years. We smoked the Partagas Legacy, I believe, earlier this year, and we really liked it. Mm-hmm. Um, it was kind of their tribute to the early days of the factory, but in a, a cigar we're allowed to buy in America. Um, but, uh, so yeah, we're doing two Partaguses. What you got? A little bit of cinnamon on the retro hill. It's nice. A little, or not, maybe not cinnamon, but just a sugar. That's nice. Okay. The the pepper does seem to be fading a little way into something, but I'm I'm not quite quite there yet. First impressions with you, Yanks? A little spice. Yeah, that that hay and I mean, a little earthy. Not much. 
Not much. All right, let's come back. A little, a little chocolate, like you said. Did you get a little bit of cocoa on there? Yeah. Yeah. Almost, I don't know, more like, almost like a, like baker's chocolate. Yeah, it was very faint, like a, like a cocoa powder, like a, a, yeah. something you'd use in the kitchen. Okay. Um, tell you, you got something now? I mean, this thing's changing. You, you look like you've got something else just now. I can get a little bit of the, ba- uh, like you the, the chocolate just now? Just a soft, soft chocolate. Okay. Nestle's Toll House. It's all, I'm thinking packed like, with it. No, like <laughs> Nestle's Quick. Nestle's no, Quick. No, it's like Nestle's Quick is exactly Nestle's Quick chocolate like powder is what I'm talking here. Yeah. Um, okay. Kind of like uh, when you put the lid back on it. But the stuff kind of pops up in the air and you and you breathe it in. Or you just drunk ba- in your very face. It's very You just, you just it, put your you hand just in chug it. ten beers and your face falls in the Nestle Quick mix. <laughs> you know what? I'm gonna chug a thing of Nestle Quick tomorrow just to kind of balance things out. And I, do, I, and I want to be able to show my kids what I do for a living. How did that doctor's visit <laughs> go, huh? I'm telling you, my numbers were good. <laughs> hey, thanks for your stool sample. Big help. Big help. Yeah. Uh, I don't remember giving it to you. Uh, that's moving on. Uh, <laughs> um, you can do this the easy way or the hard way. <laughs> the easy way. <laughs> easy way. All right. Let's go to Taco Bell. Uh, Am I buying or are you buying? <laughs> but just think about this. We're not even an inch into this thing. That's what she said. Uh, we're not even an inch into this thing. You went from I'm not getting any of that chocolate to I'm getting that some of that chocolate. I went from I'm not getting your woodsiness to I'm getting the cedar. N- yeah. The pepper has kind of come and gone. It's a pretty interesting first inch. Yeah. That's, actually, yeah. I'm not getting anything. <laughs> I wish I'd hear that all the time. <laughs> all right. Again, moving on. Uh, Yax, what are we uh, what are we pairing <laughs> with this uh, this cigar? We got a movie with a lot of guns in it tonight. What do we? All right. What do we pair this with? Why, with a beer with guns. Oh. Innis and Gun Original. I've never heard of this. Tell me about it. Well, it is uh, started in Edinburgh, Edinburgh, Scotland. Founded in uh, 2003 by master brewer Dougal Gun Sharp. Dougal Gunsharp? Hell yes, that's Dougal Gunsharp. That is oh, the man. only thing that would make that better would be Dougal McGunsharp. Yeah. yeah. Well, he's not Irish. He's Scottish. No, Scottish. McDonaghy. Yeah. McLaughlin. I mean, obviously. McLeod. <laughs> McLeod. No. That's Irish. There can be only one. No, that's Scottish. Yeah. Yeah. No. Uh, it was originally uh, <laughs> marketed as uh, the. Oak aged beer, and then just uh, they just switched over because this is is their flagship beer. Mm-hmm. So they just simply refer to it now as the original. Uh, so they were doing bar- barrel aging back in two thousand three. Yes, they were. They ahead were of like the curve. Well ahead of the curve. They actually fuck you and your craft beer. <laughs> it's Irish. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I swear it's gonna be Australian. Take it easy, McTuttle. <laughs> it's a different continent. Uh, uh, this is uh, is the beer that started off for them. This is what they first what the, he first created and was really going. He wanted to push, uh, as it says here, uh, the unique bourbon barrel aging process brings flavors like vanilla and toffee. Got the vanilla, and it's combined with the ma- uh, the malty character of the Scotch ale created to create an incredible taste experience. Now, there's actually the the process goes for 30 days. 
The honey-hued beer sleeps in hand-selected oak barrels locked inside a bonded warehouse, gradually assimilating the subtle flavors that reside in the wood. Barrels are then emptied and maturation continues for a further 47 days in a marrying ton where the natural flavors infuse and fall into perfect balance. You're breathing into the mic while Cody's doing oh, his sorry, thing. Sorry. Sorry. Okay, so <laughs> tell me more about the hand-selected barrels. This 77-day process is unique and produces a delicious, Mesmerized. refreshing beer. Uh, the whole, uh, the bourbon infused, uh, the maturation, besides using bourbon-infused heartwood, in their very own ochreators. Ochreators. What the but hell they, is an ochreator? I have no idea. It's like copyrighted. It's proprietary. To them. Could they rename it to the Mickochreator? Possibly. How else would you select things other than hand-selected? Well, that's the whole point. Dark, it's hand-selected oak. Dark it's not just selected. like... It. So selected. Instead of going to the warehouse and saying, give me those ten, you say, give me those ten. <laughs> this one. One, two. This one. It seems like you'd always hand-select hand That's just good marketing right there. Okay. I'm not going to argue with Douglas McCougalin or whatever his name is. I'm kind of getting the Scotch Ale. Look, I'm, looking, I'm taking my hand-selected pencil and I'm pointing <laughs> it towards this hand-selected cigar <laughs> as we smoke this hand-selected beer. What was the guy's name? Dougal Gunsharp. Gunsharp. Now, Innocent Gun is actually quite popular. Uh, it is exported to over 35 countries. It's no, it w- is the number one craft beer in Scotland and number one imported craft beer in Canada. Hmm. I'm uh, surprised that I'm just now Have you ever heard of it? Hearing it. Yes. Have you had it at the pub? No. No. I have heard of it. I, That's I mean, why I haven't drank heard it. it. No. Okay. So I've seen it all of us. Uh, well, it's interesting because I, I do taste the Scotch Ale presence, but I, I don't really taste the creaminess that... I'm getting you know, a little cream. Really? I, I mean, I'm catching your vanilla, but I'm just not getting. I'm getting like, vanilla. And I can the, never taste cream. On That's that swallow, it. I'm getting a little bit of cream right before it's got a little bit of that sharp maltiness on the swallow. Does, yeah. Does that sound right? Yeah. Right? I'm getting a little bit of cream there right before the kind of the malt bite. I, I, to me, I, I'm surprised at how clean the beer tastes. I tell you what, it has a beautiful pour. If you want, I mean, it's just got a gorgeous pour, and I got a really strong whiff of the aroma coming off once I you know filled up my pint some of that I think to- the reference toffee or, or caramel I got like kind of that candied sweet kind of uh, smell coming off it's a really good smelling looking beer um, well you know and the real thing here is I mean a lot of beers that are you know doing the whole uh, you know barrel aging process Basically, you know, it's like beer that tastes like, you know, whiskey. Yeah. It's whiskey beer. Yeah. Oh, this doesn't have any kind of... No. Uh, I mean, I, I'm basically getting the... Just the wood and that... Well, that's probably why he hand-selects them to pick the right <laughs> barrels to not give you that whiskey taste. It's possible. Whether we're looking at ABV, IBUs? Uh, ABV, it's uh, 6.6. and. IBUs is almost negligible. It's like yeah, 20. Yeah, it's very little bitterness. Yeah. yeah, it's not bitter at all. Okay, I like it so far, and I and I think I, I'd hope that the vanilla and kind of the easy would go well with the Cuban. Yeah, I, it's, I think, it's, I think it's, it's not contrasting at I all. I think they're playing nice together. Yeah. Okay, I like the beer, and I'm not a Scottish ale guy at all. That that vanilla and the cream. I really, am. I am. I told you you'd like this beer. The uh, beer that uh, I had this weekend, the old man's strength. Oh boy, it's a Scotch back. beer. I'm back to the old. Uh, what's the name of it? 
Uh, Redhorn. Redhorn. Redhorn Cafe. No, Redhorn Coffee House. Yeah. And Brewery, I guess. I just call it Redhorn. I enjoyed their double IPA. Slap Poppy. Slap Hippie. Slop. Hop Sloppy. Hop Sloppy. Hop Sloppy. The other, their regular IPA is the Slop Hippie. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, all right, we'll check it on. Uh, man, the cigar is still kind of changing for me by the yeah. Every few puffs, it's either it's getting a little bit of breadiness. It's coming either in there cedar as well. for me um, on the thing. I'm getting a little bit of earthiness. That cocoa kind of is fluttering under the surface. The peppers n- never. It's there on the nose, but I, if I don't pay attention to it, I don't really pick up on it. Um, where are you getting the breadiness on the retro or on the draw? Uh, palette, the draw. Okay. All right. Well, let me introduce tonight's film, and then we'll uh, we'll get back to to tonight's cigar and beer at, when it seems appropriate. Tonight's film, if you couldn't guess, has a little something to do with Charles Bronson, just a little. By the way, if I, if I ever did make that, if they did make that porno with this Charles Bronson guy in it, I would want his character's name to be Dougal Gunsharp. <laughs> <laughs> I'm here for my tuxedo fitting. <laughs> What's the name, sir? Gunsharp Dougal. Oh my goodness I'll need to measure your inseam Mr. Gunsharp No problem Do you dress right or left Mr. Gunsharp Depends on which way the wind blows Tonight's film is called Death Kiss Death Kiss 2018's Death Kiss Continuing our promise to try to do some more recent By the way I'm very proud of you You have like gotten More modern Thank you. And, you know, these are like movies that are like current and modern. I, I've made an effort this year to do a... a and I appreciate it. And uh, Thank you. I like it. I listen when you guys right. say things. I listen. And uh, yeah, when I saw this... I actually saw this trailer well over a year ago. I was going to say, how did you how did you find this film? Uh, I came across a, a website I follow, and there was just kind of this oddity. It was like, what is this trailer? It's It's... It looks like a, a lost Charles Bronson trailer, but it's like modern. Like, what is this? And and it just kind of disappeared. But whenever I kind of see a movie that I think we could do, I make I keep a little list. Yeah. So I'm going through my list and I come across Death Kiss and I don't remember. I'm like, what is that? And then I look it up and I'm like, oh, that. And it's it's out for rent now. Do you guys rent on Amazon? Yes. Yes. Okay. Yes. Uh, we all rent on Amazon. Yeah. So let, let me introduce. Talk about the people involved, and then I'll give you folks a little better idea of what we're dealing with here, because I've never dealt with anything like it. Written and directed by Rene Perez, who apparently is no beginner when it comes to imitation cinema. In his filmography, he also did American Cowboys vs. Aliens, which looks very similar to the Cowboys vs. Aliens okay. movie. And a movie called The Punished, which basically featured The Punisher. It was, <laughs> but he wore a skull... Punisher-shaped mask and a black outfit. Uh, so kind of like the Asylum studio makes all those rip-off movies of Hollywood. Yeah. This guy's kind of doing the same thing out there. Um, and from the trailers I've watched, a lot of the same cast, like all the same bad guys from tonight's movie were in all these other movies. Trailers. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Um, the little girl from this movie was in every single movie. Like, yeah, he's got a little ensemble. He's got a little, okay. he's got a little right. thing he's doing. Uh, I'm not going to... I'm not going to fault him for, for doing it. It's up on the freaking Amazon for rent. Yeah, it is. Go on, Renee. 
So I don't know the official backstory involved here, but apparently filmmaker Rene Perez uh, found this Hungarian actor named Robert Kovacs. I think lo- he's in Texas. Who looks well now? Now he is. Yeah. But he looks I fucking identical to a middle-aged Charles Bronson. No, to like a fifties. Well, of course yeah. it's hard. Cause, like Death Wish Two. Because Bronson looked like he was fifty when but he the, was twenty. But I mean, he's a little bit buffer. He's in a little better shape. Yeah. But I mean, he looks. It's, it's not like it's hey, a, he kind of looks pretty, like Charles Bronson. It's pretty. He cool. is Charles Bronson. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's crazy. I mean, if you like, we just you know. <laughs> Walking down the street and he passed by, you'd been like, Are you Charles Bronson? Yes. It's it's close. So he's, it is so, so super he, close. So he found this Hungarian actor, Robert Kovacs. Immediately, he's like, i got to make a movie with this guy. And he cast him in a Western, basically playing Charles Bronson. Even down the, in that one, which I watched right before this one. That one is available on Amazon Prime. I'll talk a little bit more about it later. Okay, because I almost thought about checking it out. For that one, I wish they had done this in this one, but they actually dubbed in like our little lame Bronson boys. <laughs> they actually did that on that one. <laughs> so he did talk like this. This one, they tried to not be totally obvious about it, but I mean, that's obviously why he's there. I don't get why you wouldn't go all in. Uh... <laughs> So Stop typecasting me. After I'm the an West, actor, damn it. After the Western and seeing that this 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 Perez guy was going to keep putting him in movies, <laughs> Kovacs wisely changed his name to Robert Bronzy. Uh, and they would go on to make this movie together a year later. And thank God they did. Um, <laughs> you mentioned when, when I sent you the, here, we're doing this movie. Yeah. And you hit play. Yeah. You didn't know what you're. You had no idea what you were getting no, into. I had no earthly idea. Once I saw him, like the, literally the first thing I saw was the trailer that, you know, or not the trailer, but the the poster art that's up on, you know, when you select mm-hmm. the movie. I'm like, holy shit, that dude looks like Bronson. And then I was like, I hit play, and then I, I was like, he was so convincing. I was like, wait a minute, did they like try to? Dub footage from like old Bronson, put him in. The, you like, think it's like the is like it with like the a bit, like with the Captain Marvel thingy? where they the young Samuel Jackson kind of like yeah. is it computers? And I was like, <laughs> what is this? But then when I heard the voice, I was like, oh my god, this is a parody. This is absolute parody. They're, this making, is, they're gonna make fun. They're of gonna it. make fun of all the whole genre. Yeah. And then it kept going. I'm like, oh no, this is a real movie. Yeah, it is. <laughs> um, it's an action movie that just happens to star Robert Bronzy. Yes, it does. I mean, I was sitting there. Just you know, the, the opening of this getting, film. Did you I'm, know what you were getting into? Hell no. I mean, I, you, you know, you sent us the thing, and I like. I mean, I glanced at it, and then when I actually started the film, I'm like, Death Kiss, because I'm looking at the guy going, I don't remember a Bronson film. So you Death actually thought Kiss? he was Bronson? Yes. That's how it's close. It, they had literally home. just shot this with a with a with a grainy filter. Oh there, my god! Yeah. Like it was the seventies. There's there's literally like only maybe two angles that the guy doesn't look like Bronson that you could tell that it's a different guy. Yeah. But man, straight on quarter angles. Yeah, there's angles. a couple over the shoulders where he's kind of got a little turkey neck. Yeah. Like a little fatter neck. But outside of that, man, uh, you put the camera in front of him, get him off to a quarter angle, and the dude looks just like he Bronson. does. So, of course, we had to do this movie. Uh, we we we've done Death Wish three on the show. Yes, we did Once Upon a Time in the West. Yes, um, he comes up quite often in just our film discussion. Yes, uh, he's, he was such a unique character in 
American cinema. Fake Bronson. Uh, now we have fake Bronson. And I'm, I'm glad we do. Me too. I'm, I'm thrilled that we have fake Bronson. I love Robert Bronzy. Uh, all right. Well, before I, I want a shirt that just says Bronzy. Bronzy. Uh, I'm sure we could make that happen. Uh, real quick, before we get into this, um, this this quick little action movie, um, still getting weird, changey stuff on the. Not really. It's giving, down a it's giving bit. me the yeah. It's giving me the same the same kind of profile. I, I still get a lot of bunch uh, the nice woodsiness to it. Uh, I still get a little bit of sweetness on the retro hell with a, mixed with a, just a tad of pe- bit of pepper. Getting your breadiness now. There's a bit of breadiness into it. I'm getting and the breadiness. That's pretty much it. It kind of goes with the, the pepper on the nose. Just just it's there, and a little bit of earth and cedar on the when it on the first on the palate, and then it goes into breadiness and a little bit of cream. Yep. It's a really tasty smell. It is. You liking it too? Mm-hmm. Again, I miss the cream. You always miss the cream. It's delicious. So we start things off at a house in the middle of the night where a huge pimp stands guard outside. He's searching his pockets for a lighter for a cigarette when a match is suddenly lit from the darkness nearby. The flame reveals the vigilante. Bronzy. Robert Bronzy, who, as I mentioned, looks identical to Charles Bronson. Around Death Wish 2-ish. Yeah. Uh, The pimp tells the vigilante that he's got a young girl inside finishing up with another customer. How young... Too young, man. Too young. Too young. You're going to get... Too sweet. Too sweet. Once you get this, you're going to be spoiled. Well, that's all the vigilante needs to hear. He bashes the pimp over the back of the head uh, with his pistol and hog ties him, and then he goes in the house. He finds an indeed very too young girl crying on a dirty mattress. He calmly takes a seat next to her, and when the John, who just had sex with her, exits the bathroom... Cody, is that right, John? It is correct. The John exits the John. He does. That is correct. Uh, and is promptly shot in the balls. <laughs> <laughs> he sh- shoots him right in the balls, the vigilante does, twice. It's weird. The guy falls down, and then it cuts back to Bronzy, the shoot you again. and the guy's already popped up again. <laughs> like I think that was a bad editing. Bad editing. But he basically shoots him in the balls twice. But I will say I'll forgive that bad bit of editing because uh, the frame of him sitting in the chair with the girl crying was in the foreground, nice I can understand why that's your poster because that was a beautiful, beautiful frame. It, it well, was. like I said, if that if that whole scene right there, like I said, just the opening, if they had just done it in like grainy film. You like would have thought it was 19, a, Charles, a, yes. a lost Charles Bronson movie. Yeah. Uh, so after shooting the guy in the balls twice, our hero then walks outside and shoots the pimp twice in the back on the ground, and then walks off into the night. He doesn't even hesitate. It's no, not one of those no, like, it's like he just like walks outside. And he's not even really looking at him like just dead. He's not a man of few words. He's a man of no words. <laughs> he doesn't give like pradium maker. No, no, nope. it's just shoot him twice. He shoots everybody twice. Make Once, sure didn't twice. stop. All right, checklist. What did I forget to do? All right, shoot the pimp. Once to kill you and once for fun. We then cut to a radio station where DJ Dan Forthright, played by the, course, the forgotten Baldwin brother, Daniel. <laughs> the one who looks most like him. Like Much Alec. Like Alec, yeah. And got, talks like him. He's got those eyes and that voice. Well, they all have a voice. God, what did their mother smoke when she was pregnant with those kids? <laughs> Some sort of best, sexiest voices in the history of voices, right? Yeah. You don't like the Baldwin Brother voices? I mean, it's fine. It's nice. Yeah. It's okay. 
Well, he's in a dark... S- I've heard sexier. He's in a dark radio station ranting hardcore on Justice Radio about the plague of child sexual trafficking in the country. He has a problem with legislators passing laws about revenge porn to protect promiscuous women from clever who have clever online social profiles filled with memes and bikini pics while kids are being abused as young as the age of 11. He's all fired up about this. He's like, you know what? You're passing all these laws to make sure that skanks... You know, can sue their ex-boyfriends for releasing their sex tapes. Meanwhile, people are having sex with 11-year-olds. I was beginning to wonder whether he was reading from a script or if he was just talking normally. <laughs> that, that, there's a lot of, like, is this impromptu? Where's this going? Just uh, tell us what you think. Uh, we're going to turn this camera on. Go right ahead. Well, he's all fired up about this this sex trafficking and what's really the, the right thing to go after here. But turns out he's mainly fired up, seemingly, because he got a traffic ticket that morning for not coming to a complete stop on an empty street. Well, he's he's basically talking about, and and a lot of people have this conversation about cops, you know, setting up their speed traps, you know, spending a lot of time on that. He's like on this crusade like against sex, but then it's like and these filthy cops who just happened to give me a ticket. Coming to this show. Nobody even comes to a stop at that stoplight. Just a hard working American (laughs) man. How dare they give him a ticket while drugs are being sold a few doors down from his house and the cops do nothing? He told the cop, I'm going to do my best Baldwin voice, I'll gladly take your ticket. That's a horrible Baldwin voice. Too deep. Too deep. Canteen boy, I'll gladly take your ticket if you go down there and bust those crack dealers. Of course they won't. They're cowards. The police are cowards. Uh, They do nothing. Society is going down the tubes fast, he says. And Dan Forthright asks his listeners, if not the police, who's going to protect us? Which takes us right, of course, into the opening credits montage, where we tag along with the vigilante as he walks through the city streets in the daytime, observing homelessness and looking out for any sign of trouble. He's just he's patrolling the streets. Man, I'm going to say this. I think you know where this is going. I'm going to say it now, early on, and I'm going to say it very loudly. I love this concept of film so much. It makes my brain box hurt. It literally... I love Robert Bronzy. The rest of the movie can suck balls, execution standpoint. Just the concept alone of, I found a guy who looks like Charles Bronson, and I'm going to put him in a Charles Bronson movie and take it seriously... Yeah, oh, I'm, so I'm just w- I'm waiting for Death Kiss Two at this point. Yes, I, I'm on board. Yes, me too. You'll get my money. I, I but I, I love it. You know, you're talking the, the open <laughs> this opening credit scene, and then out of nowhere, Death Kiss, and it's like the Gears of War logo. Yeah, from it's the like a weird skull, and uh, I'm like, but there's like, so many <laughs> ripoffs going on in this movie all at once. <laughs> all of a sudden, the vigilante's putting on the Punisher tights. <laughs> Come on, Renee. Slow, slow down, Perez. <laughs> no can do. No. No after, can do. After those credits, we head out to the country where Anna and her handicapped wheelchair-bound daughter have recently moved to to avoid the constant crime of the inner city. The coyotes out here may have killed their cat, Mr. Fluffy. Tut. That had to be difficult for you. I'm sorry. Miss, that bronzy's going to take care of those coyotes. But Anna will be... T- will take dealing with coyotes over crackheads trying to break into their apartment every night for sure. They check the mailbox, and there's a brown envelope filled with cash inside. They can't figure out how whoever's been sending them this cash for years was able to track them down now that they live all the way out here. She's been getting these envelopes, these mystery envelopes full of money for years, and she has no idea where they're coming from. 
Nor does she seem to not say, this is wrong, I can't accept this money. Well, everybody's got secrets in this movie, X. That's right. And that's when we see the vigilante watching them through his telescope. Perhaps you'd like to meet the new Mr. Fluffy in my underpants. No, there's nothing pervy going on. He's just watching them from a safe distance, and he drives off. No, no creepiness. Yeah, but it's really hard, because he actually does such a good job of giving that Bronson look. Is it supposed to be sexual? Is it I evil? Like, Is it, I, I, he's are just are staring. Like, now, that would have been I mean, cool. He's I'm the a, only guy I've ever seen, though, to stare through a telescope with sunglasses on. <laughs> <laughs> well, what would be worse is if they actually just did that whole thing with the telescope that took it away and there is no telescope. <laughs> uh, no, his intentions seem, seem seem good as he's watching them. Tut, you know who else's intentions are good? Whose intentions are good? Dirty uh, Fabian and the fellows over at Drew Estate. And if I'm name-dropping Dirty Fabian, then you know I'm fixing to talk about some coffee-infused tobacco cigars. That boy loves those coffees. Man, he does. Tobacco Special cigars are made by the almighty Drew Estate, the same folks who brought you Liga Pravada, Undercrown, Nica Rustica, and more. Your choice of either extra dark Connecticut broadleaf or natural Connecticut shade wrappers, envelope a Sumatra binder and Nicaraguan Criollo filler leaves. Before aging, the cigars are slowly infused with Nicaraguan estate-grown coffee. Probably in hand-selected bales. The smoke is medium to full body, depending on the wrapper. It's rich tobacco flavors commingling with the unmistakable aroma of coffee and a little sweetness. I'm a fan, and you will be too. Seek them out. If you like coffee and you like cigars, you can't lose. I do appreciate me a tobacco, man. Uh, you had one at the uh, uh, Vegas, the new cold brew. What'd you think well, that's of that? the La Isla del Sol yeah. uh, Maduro. Oh, okay. So that was like a totally different Yeah, it was totally now. different, which was awesome. Yeah. Um, I'm a fan of the... I just heard coffee, so... I'm a fan of the Connecticut... That's how good of a marketer I am. I'm just kind of like, a, hey, yes, uh, coffee, obviously tobacco. Well, when well, it comes no. to coffee, Drew State, I mean, you've got the La Isla del Sol, the original. Yeah. Um, you've got the La Isla del Sol Maduro, which is like they call their cold brew... Uh, which was awesome. It might be my favorite one they do, but I'm also a big fan of the Connecticut tobacco um, and the Negra. The Negra is pretty strong. It's like you know dark coffee. Uh, okay. It's a real punch, um, but they're they're all they're all tasty. Um, Seek so them out. You tell me. Yeah, I'm gonna have to get on that Negra. Like get that uh, Maduro thing going on. Um, well, real quick, while I uh, we've introduced our main characters, while I light my cigar, Tut, you're about halfway through, maybe not even quite. You're slow burning smoke. Yeah, it, it actually is, and what I like is that uh, you know the transitions have kind of kind of stopped. I mean, they they kind of taken a backseat. They've got a, they're like, all right, we hit you with a lot of flavors. This is our profile, and this is where we're going to sit for a while. Uh, I, I really appreciate it. I will say, <laughs> having said that, the sweetness kind of comes back around that halfway mark, just ever so slightly across the palate. I've it's never, not there I haven't had the, any sweetness since the cold draw. Is I, that, that's the we're talking that finally makes an appearance to me it does uh, so I'm c- picking that up about the fifty uh, about the halfway mark uh, but I, outside of that man you get that nice little breadiness on the back end it's just kind of the cream I get a little more earthiness and cream um, but it's not like a Nicaraguan right um, it's it's a much more mild um, earthiness and. Man, that, that nice cream, a little bit of that cedar, still yeah. some pepper on the nose, and like Tut said, that breadiness. And all those flavors are kind of just interwoven like a rope. They're just kind of, just like you said, they're kind of in this, the same pattern just over and over, and man, it's nice. You get a nice aroma coming over here, too. Man. 
I'm sorry. I just kind of had a had a kind of had a fantasy of me in the game Tropico, where you're a Caribbean dictator building your island, and people calling me El Presidente. It was quite nice, with some nice no, little really Cubano music going on. Jesse taught like the El Presidente and Commando, where he's trying to take over the country, and he's got like four gay American soldiers helping him out with chainmail vests on. Well, that's pretty much the way it would be. I mean, let's be honest. Oh, it'd be us. Cody with the chainmail mesh shirt. Tuttle, the young girl's neck is like one butter to my knife. <laughs> what young girl? She escaped. I'm sorry, Tuttle. Presidente, I'm drunk. I chugged three cervezas this morning. Yeah, that tracks. <laughs> that sounds about right. This coup's not happening, is it? All right, well. No. I don't know. <laughs> Keep Arnold off the island. Can we do that? Can we just do that? All right. And, and the beer is, is man, I think, I think it worked great with the. Oh, it's a great pairing because it doesn't interfere with the scar. Yeah, I, I don't love the beer, but I it it's smooth and it's it's got some nice taste to it. It does, and I just I, it's so weird because I mean you know they said it's you know they they say barrel aged, and it's not a typical what I think of is when someone says barrel. No, aged. it's I almost it's almost like a little more malty lager. Well, I think we're right. probably like kind of used to craft beer barrel age nowadays yeah, where, it's where they like try to hit you in the face yeah with it's it. just dark just blood of the earth I don't earth. think that this kind of does that I, I think that's very no Dougal McFirestorm knew what the hell he was doing gun sharp gun sharp I knew it was something badass alright uh, okay we'll, we'll come back that night the vigilante goes for a walk as he does every night and he's almost immediately approached by two drug dealing thugs who demand to know how much cash he has on him. Six. What? Six bucks? What? Six bucks, old man? Six bullets. And he just. <laughs> there he goes. He's off to the I'm races. I'm sorry, I laughed. I, I did. I was he, like, this is fucking Bronson. He <laughs> shoots them both. Good. And then he goes over and shoots them again. That's his trademark. Well, they're already dead on the ground. Uh, lots of prop blood here, as well as a lot of CGI blood splatter. Yeah, I didn't like the blood splatter. Boy, the CGI. Everybody stuff. who gets shot, there's that CGI gets on the the fake blood on it's, the lens. It's Expendables level bad. Yeah, it it was bad. Uh, it almost seems like there's a, a probably a plug-in you can do now where you can just go nuts with well, there's the CGI some, There's blood. some effects. We actually, I actually used it in <laughs> Hipster. Well, we're not making movies. But, yeah. you know, that was a no-budget film. Yeah, we didn't, we didn't have Robert something. Bronzy in our movie. Yeah, that's why I, I was kind of thinking. I was like, I, I, would, I'm, I would be curious. Didn't know it existed. I'd be curious as to what the budget of the film was because when I see all that fake CGI blood, and it was really bad CGI blood, uh, I mean, it's like they didn't even try to make no, it look good. But they they, they did mix uh, in a little bit. If you look close, some there is some real blood underneath. I but see they covered it, it up yeah. with too much digital yeah, stuff. I, I I was too distracted by the CGI, and I was just kind of like, it was. It a, literally looked. No, I'm not. No, I'll even. Uh, uh-uh, I'm not even going to go there. I was about to say it looked like I did the CGI blood on this film. No, I would have done better. It it does it does. Boy, it would have been nice with with practical stuff. But or at least just dial the fuck just it down. When he, but it's you, Robert Bronzy. You know, when you see the <laughs> when you see the bullet, it's like the blood doesn't follow a pattern. It's just a bleh. It yeah, it exactly. It's not like it's in it, reaction. It, it's, it doesn't look like it have a, has a point of origin. It's no. just effect. Yeah. Throw paint on the screen. Yeah. Yes, exactly. I'll give you a point of origin. Uh, well, the vigilante takes the dead men's jewelry, cash, and one of their cell phones. He walks over to a nearby trash can fire, where cause some cities still have those apparently, where he tosses the jewelry, 
into the fire, pockets the cash, and just as he's about to throw the cell phone in, too, it receives a text message from their drug mule who's arrived at the airport early, and he tells them he really needs them to pick him up fast because his stomach is hurting, and he really needs to crap out all the drugs in his system before, you know, get, i got to get this shit out of my body pronto. So uh, he texts him back, be right there. Did you guys read the text in his yes. voice? <laughs> yes. Be right there. Be right there. The vigilante uh, then heads to the airport where he finds a heavyset dude sitting there waiting to be picked up, constantly looking at his phone and clearly struggling with some massive intestinal problems. You can hear the bubbling, bubbling <laughs> from like the parking lot. I mean, like everyone should be hearing this. Uh, the vigilante walks up to him and knees him so hard in his belly that the drug balloons burst and the guy starts puking up white stuff all over the place. Heroin, yes? Yeah. Probably. Cocaine, most likely. Okay. Uh, so the guy's just sitting there with white foam splurting out of his thing over the airport. Security gets called. Everybody's going crazy. The vigilante calmly strolls off as security swoops in. Nobody ever suspects a guy in a nice suit. No. No. Even one who looks just like 1970s <laughs> Charles Bronson. Like, nobody has that hair and mustache anymore except my father-in-law. Not even like a modern update. Who could have done this? Not the stern-looking gentleman over here. <laughs> Not even like a uh, modern updated tie. It's like the it's 70s fat knot. tie. Sir, do you see anything? No. No. All right, go on. But I will say that I have a problem with this kill. He doesn't know that mule's story. They could have his little girl. He, he might him. be trying to do it. He didn't kill him. Yeah, he did. He knew he, what he was he doing. He need him in the belly. He knew what he was doing. He knew exactly. Yeah, what he Bronzy was knows doing. exactly what he's doing. Bronzy doesn't make mistakes. No, he doesn't. The next night, our radio DJ, get this, is lecturing his audience on keister bunnies. It's a good name for a band. <laughs> AKA <laughs> drug traffickers who shove baggies of drugs up their keisters, like the poor bastard I'm we glad just witnessed. I'm glad he said this line because he was like a. You pray, you people probably don't know what that slang for, and 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 why would you? And I was like, oh, thank God, because I didn't know that slang. <laughs> you never heard of Keister bunnies? Never heard of a Keister bunny. Yax, were you familiar with Keister bunnies? No. <laughs> I, mean, I didn't know what a Keister bunny was. Uh, it's it's a it's a drug dealer who shoves drugs up his ass. It's a mule. Now I've heard of mules, yes. but I've never heard of that. Should have been the name of that Clint Eastwood movie, The Keister Bunny. <laughs> Somebody should find a Hungarian Clint Eastwood and put him in movies. Put him and Charles Bronson together? Yeah. Oh, man. Dirty that Harry meets Paul Kersey? Death Harry. Harry Death. Harry Death. Oh, oh, that's what it is. That's Harry Death. Yeah. Starring Dougal McGonagan. <laughs> I'm here for my trim. <laughs> now you're dead. Will that be the Brazilian? All right. Why is it so quiet in here? Oh, Fritz. Oh, fr- Fritz. <laughs> <laughs> like why am I? I'm saying creepy things about Charles Bronson getting a, a bikini wax. I can hear my own voice very clearly. It's so disturbing, huh? Uh, well, the DJ reveals uh, fourth night reveals that the guy in the airport was dead on arrival at the hospital. A happy accident, he calls it. And of course, there were no cops in sight. They were out busting teenagers for pot and truck drivers for smacking their wives around. This dude's good. While a violent drug dealer entered the city unchecked. Man, this guy's really bitter about that traffic ticket. He is. And did you think he was going here like where he had slapped his wife around? Like, <laughs> Just I'm, the other day, coming into this show. Guy's dealing drugs down the street from me. I give my wife one good smack, and I'm the bad guy. That's kind of what it is. That's kind of what it was, that's man. That's kind of what he's coming with all it his criticisms. Like, like, don't, 
Don't look at the crimes I'm committing. Look at what they're committing. I just wanted to sit there and say, uh, Mr. Baldwin, the most crimes are known, and they are usually do originate from domestic okay. violence. He's an actor playing, where he's reading lines. I didn't know that. Was he? Was well, he reading a line? I kept hey, wondering. That's good acting. That's good acting. If you got to ask that. I'll give him some props. I will say that if you're a cop, you're going to be pissed at this show. He goes on to say, here goes, Cops avoid taking on drug dealers because it keeps them out of harm's way. They may dress like heroes in their uniforms with their shiny little badges, but they're just a bunch of America-hating cowards. That's one take, I guess. <laughs> I guess? Uh, shouldn't a husband and wife who choose each other <laughs> and choose to give each other black eyes be less deserving of rescue than a sex slave chained to a bed? In other words, anything I do... There's sex slaves out there. Go after them. They should have actually put that in there. They should have actually like made him like... No, they should have shown him going home at night and the wife's like, how was your broadcast, honey? <laughs> that, I mean, they, they literally should have added, added What's that What's for line. dinner? Lamb chops. Had them for lunch. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I kept waiting for this guy to like have an agenda like, like he was deflecting, but they never go there. Yeah. Except for the ticket. Um, you know, a lot of smart folks these days, boys, are calling for a total end to the war on drugs. But this guy obviously disagrees. He thinks it all is about drugs. And people rob to get drugs. People kill to protect their drugs. What do you guys think about this extremely complex and multi-layered issue as we sit back and get plastered on the extremely legal and readily available booze? <laughs> Well, I kind do. Of heavy topic. What a segue, huh? Kind of heavy topic for us. I do enjoy my uh, legal cigar for the moment. Yeah, one day they'll be kicking down your door to get that out of your hands. Oh, if they shoot my cat, I am shooting back, <laughs> Mister Fluffy. I'm sorry. I see a bunch of non—I mean, a non- bunch of blue helmets or whatever. That's. Well, no. <laughs> Oddly enough, there was a shooting in Houston that I'm following. Where a group of plainclothes officers served a no-knock warrant in Houston, Texas, busted down this dude's door, shot his dog. So the first thing, they didn't announce it. They're not in uniform. All of a sudden, this guy's sitting there. His door gets busted open. Shotgun blast goes off. They kill his dog. It's Texas, folks. He pulls out his gun, starts blasting away, talks, uh, knocks down four officers. They get him. His wife comes out. They shoot, kill her, and then they shoot him as well. And, oh, yeah, they planted the drugs, and apparently it was a botch, botch fucking warrant. Yikes. I'm just saying that there was... I don't know why. I just This this story kind of gravitates to me for a little bit right it, now. I mean, it's a very... Uh, the war on drugs, I don't know, you know, it's not really our style to get into something too deep there, but, I mean, there, there's a lot of, I think, good arguments on both sides. I... I what it what we're what thirty years into this now forty years into this now where where is it I mean where's the dividend I mean was if it, I'm looking was at it in a way Bronson fighting the war on drugs in the first yes. Death Wish movies yeah yes yeah I mean that was before Nancy Reagan wasn't it or yes. just to buy a little bit I mean I I don't endorse drugs and I I, I just if I'm looking at this as a bean counter, show me where the payoff is. Show me where, what have I gotten for my investment? 
because I seem to be in the exact same situation I was 40 years ago, except I've spent trillions of dollars on this, given up so many freaking personal liberties in order to accomplish this. I mean, a lot of our Constitution gets eroded on the way of, you know, law enforcement. And, and rightfully so, you want to protect the officers, you want to protect the innocent as well. Sure. But there's so many rights that we've given away under the guise of the war on drugs. I just want to see where the payoff is, and I don't see it. I don't see it at all. I, I see a shit ton of incarceration. I see a whole industry based off of incarceration. Oh, that's, and I don't see any type of momentum, positive momentum on the streets. Uh, correct. Incarceration is a huge business, which is what it is, a business, a private business. Makes a lot of people a lot of money. Um, the fact that, you know... For what's legal now in several states, there's guys doing life sentences for selling it in other states. It makes no sense. Uh, what, one positive thing happened recently. They, they, the Supreme Court, I think, turned around the seizure, um, you know, the seizure of assets. About the, fucking time. Uh, that, How come? Uh, why weren't people we just screaming just cause about Just because they this? did that, that's been going on in multiple states that have overturned that already. Um but that asset, goes to Chuck's point uh, about giving up, you know, giving up liberties and giving up things that you know um, has been grossly, you know, taken advantage of uh, under the guise of. Well, it's of an the easy, it's an it's an easy sell. I mean, if you sell and you're like, hey, we've got Juan Carlos over here. First of all, name Juan Carlos. He's a drug dealer, and we're going to seize his stuff because he got it illegally, and he's doing a lot of harm. Everybody's like, hey, yeah, seize that shit. That's good. Well, then they take that same law and they, you know, take over somebody else's dude just from a traffic stop. Yeah. Um, so that recently happened. I, you know, the, I, I I do have a, a big uh, problem with the the privatization of, of prisons and the you know the the lack of looking into other options there. But that's that's a talk for another time. Yeah, I, I think what the the point I always, is, I always like it because people are like. When they get me, when they get me at O'Brien's talking on this subject, uh-huh. and they're like, "Well, Tuttle, you're soft on crime." I was like, "No, I'm for prison reform, but you do not want to be in the prisons that I reform too." I was like, "If you do land in prison, it's going to suck." Well, and our, and our DJ is going to talk about that later. What he, what his ideal picture of the new. You know the new age of justice should be okay. Um, but yeah, he's kind of all over the place. Well, hit uh, me, Baldwin. He's even uh, though Daniel Baldwin looks creepy. I'm sorry, he does. I thought he looked he pretty looks, good. He looks like Alec, but I mean, just the Celtic tattoo, he, the weird he's all in shadows. You couldn't even really just, make out what he looked like. I just, uh, why is he the I, only I one in the? Good. Why is he the only one in the studio? It's like <laughs> there's no like engineering. Producer. And dude, it'd be like if. Did you notice how many times he like slid his levels? Like the funny thing was, is that they weren't even affecting anything. <laughs> no. It was like there was one time, like he wanted to pronounce a sentence, like get this across, push that level push it all the way up. But then there was this time where he's like, all right, and I'm going to make this point, and then they slide the slider all the way down, which means that you shouldn't hear you anything. You couldn't hear anything he said. And I'm just yeah, like, I, oh, this, I don't know anything, and I knew that was, didn't make any sense. I didn't know what was going on here. I didn't know whether they were trying to parody or bring about a Rush vibe, Rush Limbaugh, or an Alex Jones vibe. It makes I sense just, in the end, kind of, where this is this is an, I think, well, an, an, know, internet, they, they radio, were, this is an were, internet radio guy. Right. This is a you, well, they're, they're, Alex Jones type dude. It's their take simply on the whole, you know, quote-unquote, the you know, right-wing... 
radio shock jock just saying something politically charged and not and they were basically you know he's supposed to be making a point but I mean he's not really making a point because it doesn't really like I said you know it begins off like this is so oppressive and then he gives me a ticket <laughs> like <laughs> so that's what really weakened his uh, like, oh. <laughs> Um, but a lot so, of those radio guys do kind of have these personal biases that they, you know. Oh, absolutely. Um, so anyway, I, I thought he did a good job. I thought he was tabbed, you know, five minutes of just a guy talking in a microphone. I thought it was smart getting a Baldwin because they have great voices. I right. thought he actually delivered it pretty well. I hadn't seen Daniel Baldwin. I, I, he's done some good stuff. I loved him in John Carpenter's Vampires. Yes. Uh, I hadn't seen him in a while. I think he went through some kind of rough patch. He, I thought he did good. I, th- I thought he... Kind of now it didn't make a lot of sense to me. I wish they'd put him in some long sleeves. Like it didn't make sense to me the T-shirt and all the tats. Yeah. Like if you're gonna be this right wing commentator, maybe dress the part a little bit. But maybe he just showed up on set that day. It's like yeah, I don't know whether he was supposed to be right wing or not. I think he's supposed to be just a, a angry, dude. an angry, an angry shock yeah. jock. Yeah. Basically what he was. I, I think so too. Cody, I'm getting your uh, cut grass again. Across Has the it come back for you? It's there, but I'm like, like I said, it's it's like hay, but it's not, and I can't say that it's really strong. Or I mean, it's just like a hint. It was there in the beginning. I'm yeah. now getting uh, a little bit stronger at the midway point on the pepper in the nose, it's starting to linger a little bit more. Yeah. But I'm also getting the cedar through the nose now, and on the palate, I'm just getting nothing but that light cocoa, the breadiness. And then that cream on the back of the on the back of the palate. Man, it's a it's a really well balanced cigar. It really is. I like it a lot. And there's still I'm like I don't think it's done surprising me. Like I got a, over a third here. I think I think it might be in for a little bit more. Tuesday Night Justice Radio, I'm your host. Dougal McCadigan. <laughs> Uh, at the break here, everybody's getting all fired up about <laughs> social justice uh, issues, and uh, uh, maybe we'll get back into that a little bit later. But for now, let's continue with our story. The next day, the vigilante is observing Anna's country home again with his telescope, the doctor style, uh, when he sees a homeless man digging through a recycling can, and then he steals her mail. The vigilante That's the wrong fucking mail uh, to steal. This is the wrong mailbox to be stealing from. The vigilante chases the bum down the street and beats his ass with his fists, but he chooses not to shoot him. It's the first time we've seen him take a pass on pulling the trigger. Well, I mean, he's a homeless man. He's hey, the vigilante has he's trying to some he type has of a moral compass. Somewhat, I guess. But I guess. why did the homeless dude steal the mail? Could be credit cards. Could be I guess a m- m- random Manila envelope filled with eh. banknotes. <laughs> The vigilante stuffs the mail back into her mailbox. That's not a euphemism. <laughs> Isn't it? <laughs> and Anna sees him, and she runs up the driveway. Despite the vigilante telling her, I'm only a delivery guy, she knows in her heart that he's the one who's been sending her money for years. Enough money, in fact, that she was able to get this house in the country and start a new life for her and her daughter. It's just a gift. <laughs> He says, but she needs some answers to this mystery. I mean, for years, she's had no idea who's given her all this money. So she convinces him to come down to the patio for a cup of tea. Here's as good as the conversation gets on the patio. Good tea. And then he looks around the backyard. 
Good property. That's it. I love this, dude. And it's all dubbed. <laughs> it's all oh. badly dubbed. Uh, okay, so it was dubbed. I wasn't. I wasn't oh yeah, imagining. No, this, oh no, it's like this kung is, fu theater. This, okay. this, this is dubbed. Because that's one thing. I'll, I'll go ahead and I'll, I'll, I'll Does speak he speak in English. Nope. Uh, there, there was such a lack of foley, such a lack of atmosphere. It was all dialogue. ADR. It was, I mean, every now and then you would hear some like she would pour the tea. You the would western, hear way the, in the western back. He, they did together before this was all fake. The majority was fake studio dialogue, and it yeah. was so unbearable. But at least they were using that Bronson voice for him, <laughs> and it was like, All right, I'm going to watch this. Oh, uh, yeah, this was absolutely. much this was much better. Yeah, so he improved as a filmmaker in this. But you're right, it was you'd well, hear they did the, the tea they, pouring, you'd hear the creak of the door, but it was all it was all. Well, that's the one thing that's real challenging Insert. is that when you do ADR is that you have to try to make it seem somewhat natural. Sure. So the the audio on this was way too clean. You could tell it was studio audio almost immediately because there was no atmosphere. There was no, you know, birds. There was no, you know, chirping. It was just yeah. uh, it was um, very, very dry. She asks him yet again why he's sending the money, and he finally offers up this. I do some questionable things. Sending you money helps even it out. I have to go. Oh, okay. So blood money. She tries to get a little more information, but he's, like, he's out of there. God, I wish they'd used... I, I'm saying his lines in the Bronson voice, but his voice was much more... I've done some questionable things. This helps even it out. I have to go now. <laughs> like, they should have just used the same Bronson voice they used in that Western. It would have been so much better. I haven't seen the Western. Is, is it more Bronson? Oh, yeah. Okay. It's like us, our voice that we do for Bronson. <laughs> no. It's, that's why I was like so excited about Death I'm like, oh, God, it's going to be... Because he has a very kind of small role in the Western. Yeah. I was like, oh, I get a whole movie of this, and they went another route. Was he just in the corner playing a harmonica? No, no harmonica. Oh, no harmonica. Uh, so, yeah, I do wish they had used uh, a different voiceover, but if I'm going to say something bad, I'm going to say something nice here. I kind of like the actress playing Anna. Her name's Eva Hamilton, and while the dialogue she's, she's given bad. is kind of stilted, it's not the best dialogue by any means. She's not bad. She does her best with it, and I thought she came across real naturally on screen. Yeah, I, I, I did too. I like the actress. I like the because that would have that would have man. If she was lousy, that would have almost made the movie unwatchable because she she's she was the chemistry. So she was the chemistry. She's a, she's a central he character. He doesn't have the chemistry, but and she, if you just <laughs> cast a chick who would take her top off and that couldn't handle it, and I've seen a lot of those movies. Hell, I watched a half dozen of them a week trying to find us stuff to do on the show. <laughs> she was, I actually really liked Eva Hamilton. No, she was. I thought she, she was, was good. really I liked good. her. She doesn't go big. She, she's good. It's good screen acting. Very subtle expressions and Kind of the opposite of that chicken leprechaun that I hated. That was Dude. exaggerated. And <laughs> she was very dialed down. It worked. It was, it was, not, it was exactly what it was. Done. <laughs> if you're not watching this on YouTube, you need to to see that face he just made. It was awesome. <laughs> so we cut to yet another rundown shack. A lot of these in, in this movie. Where a leather, That's where the crime happens. Where a leather jacket-clad crime boss named Tyrell is putting the shakedown on some chick. Oh, Hello, Ty- Tyrell. Oh, man, oh, man. Tyrell is played by one of my all-time favorite screen presences, Mr. Richard Tyson of Buddy Ravel of 3 O'Clock High and Kindergarten Cop fame. Yes. And Boone. Boone. He was the he was Boone the bounty hunter. He was the main villain on that. The guy with uh, Jim Morrison, uh, the wrestler. 
Oh, the movie you watched with Jim. Oh, he was in that. He was in that. Oh, okay. he, was, he was the lead. He was the main bad guy in that. Tell you what, too. man. This guy gets around. He doesn't sleepwalk. He, no. he brings it. He brings it. He looks like he's. <laughs> he looks like he hasn't slept long. He, he, they may, have, they may have just walk. found him in the shack. <laughs> but that's good acting. That's good acting. Oh. I've always loved Richard Tyson. Oh, yeah. And he is basically playing the same character as Kindergarten Cop here. Just my, my boy's gone away. He's played He's played that same role in just yeah. everything that I've seen him in. Yeah, you don't see him he's in too many romantic that. comedies. <laughs> I love you. He's very... He's very he uh, did, I mean, in the, but he's got a charm to him. He's got, is well, it, he de- his he, menace has a kind of charm to he's him. He's had that menacing look. Three o'clock high. He's my a teenager God. in three o'clock high. And he just like... Like he hated every he hated the, he hated looking at his locker he hated like, life just yeah. staring at and, his and locker can, and he sold it so well nobody like, seeds like Richard Dice he's the king of seed <laughs> exactly <sighs> I mean he's kindergarten cop he's sir. looking through those those, great those school windows <laughs> just, <laughs> just when Arnold has that nightmare in kindergarten cop he looks in the window out in the rain and Tyson's just seeding his ass off. Yeah, am I using that term right? Seething? Oh, you are. Yes, absolutely. Yes, you are. He's, a, he's a great seether. Uh, is that what that band Seether was about? Does that have Richard Tyson in it? I think it was on bass. Why didn't they just like put a picture of him on the cover? Man, and you know what? We're talking a lot about him, and he do- he doesn't fail to deliver. He chews up the scenery here like a seasoned pro. His biker henchmen, uh, well, they're dressed like bikers. With, they don't have motorcycles. I think this is supposed to be kind of like a rip on Sons of Anarchy or something, but there's no motorbikes There's no anywhere. motorcycles. I mean, they don't have patches or anything. They're just wearing leather stuff. His biker henchmen, I'm going to just call them bikers because it's easier, uh, drag in some young punk. We saw what a great actor Richard Tyson is. This kid's awful. Billy. Yeah. Who dropped the ball in killing a witness that ended up testifying against Tyrell's son, <laughs> Causing him to get a life sentence for murder. It sucks being Tyrell's son, man. My boy. <laughs> My boy's gone away because you. No matter what movie you're in, don't be Tyrell's son. No. And just for that, Tyrell's going to cut his little dick off, he says. <laughs> Pulls out his big-ass knife. I'm sorry. I do love the henchman here. He's like, oh, yeah. come on, man. Don't cut his dick off, boss. I'll puke. What? Billy, scared shitless for his life, starts begging for another chance to prove himself that I'm a stoke. I... Some stuff happened. I'm a stone cold killer. I'll kill for you, Tyrell. They drag him into another room where a tied up man with a bag over his head is strapped to a chair. Tyrell coaxes Billy into beating the man's brains in with a baseball bat. Man, he hits that first hit finally because he's going to die if he doesn't do it. Then he, once the blood starts going, he just gives it a couple more whacks and just kind of gets into it a little bit. That's not CGI blood. We just this big red pudding starts oozing out of this burlap. It was, it was sack. nicely done. Yeah, it it was nicely done. You see, Tyrell, I did it. I'm a real stone cold killer. And all the guys are like, "You're a killer, man. Yeah, you're man, a killer. Billy, you're a killer. I wish you were an actor." <laughs> Dude, it's horrible. Only when Tyrell pulls the blood soaked bag off the man's head, it's Billy's dad. Oh, this hard. Tyrell is cold. He worked in a factory for 30 years. Good working man. Look what you did to him, Billy. He's there, too. It's pretty fun. This, you this, are a stone cold killer. This whole scene is kind of off-putting, and I loved it. Oh, it, it, was gets, just wor- it gets really, worse. It gets really good. Uh, Tyrell chomping on his stogie. He doesn't stop there. He has some more of his men bring in Billy's brand new bride. This big-tittied stripper uh, in a mini dress. 
They rip her top open, and Tyrell tells Billy that after they rape her in front of him, I'm going to pour gasoline down your throat and burn up your insides. Yikes. Uh, that's why I wish the doctor was here. Doctor? <laughs> <laughs> Will Billy ever be able to pass gas again? Um, shit is getting intense, as Tut said. It's a very... Shit's happening in this rundown little shack. I actually could have done without the rape scene. Uh, I think that when you kill, kill your own dad, your own dad, head. I was like, "All right, we get it. This guy's bad enough." And it was an awesome. I mean, I just kind of like, "What's next?" Like they rape the do- they rape the wife, and then like they bring in his dog. <laughs> Remember Scruffy? Oh God! Yeah. Now you're going a little At bit too point, though, much. At one point, though, when they're raping his wife, much, Billy does grab the guy had kind of taken the gun he away from his head. Gun. He grabs the gun and points it at his head like, please, <laughs> what's next? It's like, this is your life. Remember your little girlfriend in second grade? Oh, God, no, not Missy. She comes out. Your dead mom, we dug her up. <laughs> Here's her grave. We're going to rape her now. God. God. It's a 20-minute nightmare sequence. <laughs> We're gonna barbecue your dog. <laughs> We're gonna take your school, your your best friend from second grade. Exactly. <laughs> Let me show you what we've got planned for this afternoon. Remember those merit badges you earned in the Boy Scouts? Into the fire. No, they just start ripping them off. <laughs> no. just one by one. <laughs> yeah, Tyrell's the real deal, Minnie. He he thinks everything through. Okay, I get it, Tyrell. Well, just as Tyrell begins raping Billy's wife as his men force Billy to watch, the vigilante shows up and starts shooting everybody. Uh, he shoots uh, Tyrell. Tyrell in the arm. He's, he runs off. The one guy holds a gun to Billy's head. I love I'll fucking this. kill him, man. I don't know him. <laughs> shoots, <laughs> Billy through, shoots Billy through the neck, and it goes right through the other guy's neck. I love it. I love it. That's a great line. <laughs> I but don't what, know him. But the, you know, it, like you said, it leads to these questionable things like, okay, he doesn't know this guy, so he doesn't know the situation. To Tut's point, the guy in the airport, it could have been a father being held hostage. His family's hostage. <laughs> I don't know him. <laughs> Kablamo. Those guys were holding me hostage. Boom. <laughs> now you're dead. Tell it to somebody else. <laughs> <laughs> I was, I, this was one of those scenes where I mean, I literally was like watching it, and like all of a sudden I'm like, wait a second. <laughs> I mean, I'm fairly certain maybe the was he not like around the corner listening? Oh, they're torturing this bastard. <laughs> uh, into suffering. He doesn't care. He doesn't care. Oh wait. And the, what I'm going to get oh, to wait, later is Billy didn't actually go through with the murder, so he's kind of a good guy. I don't care. I don't care. And I that's one of the things. But you do wait. You killed your father. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> That's one of the things at the end of this movie, and I don't want to get too far ahead of ourselves, but I love the fact that we never find out why he doesn't care. Why do you, We never find out why he does this. Just That's just what I do. <laughs> <laughs> I got laid off from Circuit City in 1999. No, it, it, it tells you why he's doing it. No, because when the, the stuff that set this in motion, he was already doing it. You never yeah. learn why he started doing this. Yeah, yeah. Hold that thought. Okay. Um, so he shoots the guy through Billy, and they both die. Uh, Tyrell, wounded in the arm, scampers off as the vigilante chases down a huge tattooed thug out into a junkyard. What's next is a five-minute shootout that feels like 55 minutes. <laughs> oh, my God. So much use of slow motion. 
the debatable use of the first person <laughs> shooter where like you're looking at his, at it the vigilante gun. Was, it was a choice. And I, I, I applaud this choice. I'm sorry, I do. Did it's, you like it? It's aggressive. I say go for it. It didn't <laughs> I, really work. It didn't work. Well, no, I, because first of all, but it's very you're showing quick. the gun. I applaud it. You're, show, you're showing the camera, but the gun's not pointing forward. It's pointing like to the side. Well, that's because they're missing each other like crazy. Nobody's nobody's pointing well, at no, each other. My my favorite thing in this is like they each he, like he comes running out from behind a car. The guy shoots, and then he goes diving back <laughs> behind the car. Like, oh my god! And that dive was so horrible. What you will learn if you watch the western that Rene Perez directed before this, his chase scenes involve everyone going in circles, everyone who's supposedly a sure shot missing. And no one's like really trying to get away. They just go in circles and they just shoot endless rounds without reloading <laughs> and do a lot of diving. And it just goes on and I'm on. I'm sorry that that, on, that dive on. that Bronski does is just oh god, man. Is this the scene too where he does that slide off the hood of the car like the Dukes of Hazard slide? Yes. But it's like his ass cheek just kind of touches. I'm just saying, <laughs> Renee, look looked into the law of a lot of the wire foo kung fu deals and speed up the frame just a little bit. For no, this no, guy. more slow mo. Uh, they just keep running around circles, shooting and missing for what seems like forever. Finally, as the thug, uh, he finds a in the trunk of an old car out there, he's hidden a machine gun. As but he, my question is, is he there, <laughs> he's frantically running, and this whole time he's also plotting, I need to get to that Buick. But he, need to get to that Buick. He gets the Buick, he gets a machine gun, and he starts just marching towards Bronsk, uh, the vigilante, shooting at him with the machine gun and missing, and a fully automatic machine gun, which he switches to semi-automatic because he's like <laughs> and now he's just I can't control this so the vigilante picks up an old rusty car door like a shield with his face fully, with his face fully in, the window. in the window and starts marching towards him and finally he shoots the guy in the leg this is a guy that's supposed to be like this master marksman so the guy falls down in, the, in this big mud puddle and then the vigilante marches over to him, and surprisingly, he doesn't finish him off. Gut shots him. Shoots him in the gut, and the guy's still talking, and you're like, why would he possibly spare this guy who's clearly big-time bad news? He's got machine guns, and he's raping women. Well, because Billy's wife, the girl who's getting raped, saw the vigilante's face, and you can't have that. So he drags her out to the wounded guy and makes her shoot him. You saw my face. You have no choice. So he puts this gun in her hand. I can't kill a, ma- a person. I just, I just can't kill a person. This dude just raped you. Well, the guy doesn't help his case any. Shoot me, you fucking whore! Shoot me! <laughs> you know you can't do it. You can't you do, it. do it. Right here between my eyes, you fucking whore. Okay. Or after a minute or two of that, anybody's gonna shoot the guy. Because it literally he goes on for like. Two minutes. <laughs> Two minutes. Look at you, you coward whore. Shoot me through the eyes, you pussy. And finally, she shoots him like ten times. She shoots well, him. Well, no, she dick. like it, she's like, and of course, she's like the worst shot because she like shoots him and he's like, oh, not my other leg. <laughs> no, she shoots oh, no. him. In, she shoots him in the dick the first time. Renee likes the dick shots, and then four or five other places. Uh, she, so much, oh, C- shoot, so much CGI. Shoot blood, me right in the forehead. The forehead, please. I'm I suffering. I told you. Shoot me where I requested, you dirty whore. This guy. You're only piecing my suffering. I don't know what he was thinking. Uh, I think if he would have played his case and been like, I'm sorry, baby, maybe he would have got somewhere. He didn't look like the smartest of characters. 
Uh, Anybody with those snake bite piercings in the lip? No, go ahead and shoot them. The vigilante then takes the gun with a handkerchief from her hand, preserving her fingerprints. Now I can trust you. And he runs off into the woods. This made no sense to me whatsoever. I could Basically, anybody who sees his face while he's blowing people away, he makes them kill people, which is completely against... She did nothing. Now you, she's a murderer. Yeah, I, 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 I totally disagree with this one. And I, I to me, it didn't make a lot of sense. For one thing, all right, so you've just been raped. I saved you. I think, yeah, exactly. She's not going to turn him in. I'm the one who saved you. Do me a swell and shut up. <laughs> okay. Okay. Or, first of all, she's just been raped. She's not going to not shoot the guy. I think she would shoot the guy. I kind of like that she hesitated. Most, I think most normal people would have a problem with just like, okay. I'm thinking if you've been raped, you're going to be like. Well, yeah, if I was raped, I'd be You're going to go Marcellus Wallace shoot, on the shoot dude. Shoot guy in the nuts, yeah. I'm about to get medieval on your ass. All right, well, that's a good point. Um, we'll get some hard pipe-hitting strippers down here. Well, well, I figured since he's in a mud puddle, I, I figured Bronski was going to like just walk over and like step on his face and drown him. Which would be cool. Like, you know, yeah. And at least he brought her over. He's like, if you ever tell anybody, boom, I'll do that to you. Blamo. Yeah, I'll do some, yeah, that'd be nice. Do you want to re- kill? That would require him talking, though. Do you want to kill this guy? No. Stop. Yeah. I didn't like. I didn't like her killing the dude. I, yeah, I, just, I didn't mind it. I, I this, thought it was, this guy's com- this guy's complicated. I thought. Well, it, I just figured like he could have <laughs> done without the fifty. Do it. Kill me! Do it, oh, you God. dirty whore! Well, the chase scene was five minutes of the same thing over and over again, so I'll well end it with the guy saying the same thing over and over again. Um, well, then, after all the mayhem, somewhere in town, uh, Tyrell is shacking up at his ex's place, despite her objections. He swears this time he ain't running from the law, baby, but rather from some crazy maniac with a mustache who keeps chasing me, and I have no idea why. So apparently this wasn't the first time he saw the vigilante. You learned, yeah, you learned that this This is guy's been hunting him. Uh, she still wants to kick his ass out. She has a restraining order on him. Imagine that. Uh, you think this was Richard Tyson's real wife? <laughs> they just <laughs> dropped in on her place. I'm tired of you seething outside my window. <laughs> oh, no, no. We're going to get back to that. He's I love this line. Thing. He tempts her with a bag of drugs. He's like, come on, baby. I brought you some goodies. She's like, damn it, Tyrell. You know how long it took me to get clean? Baby, a pressure washer couldn't get you clean. Yeah. And sure enough, she's like, Grabs the bag of drugs and goes off to get high. I actually like this scene. Uh, but then I love. This is what I love. After that, then he goes back to the window, I looks know, out the window. I know you're out there. I know you're. That's a little vague. Of course he's out there. <laughs> <laughs> like he opens the blinds and his face is right there. <laughs> you're right. I'm thinking the sentence should have been like, "Who are you?" Yeah, that would have been. That good. would have been Who a better sentence you? so he could see more. But instead, he looks out the window. I know you're, you're out, out there. there. Duh. Obviously. <laughs> just like all of a sudden in the distance you hear this. Yes, I am. <laughs> I'll find you someday. No, you won't. <gasps> Tyrell whispers. I'm not out there. I'm I in know, here. I know you're out there as he looks out the window. And of course he's right <laughs> as we cut to another montage of the vigilante strolling around town. I thought the director did a really nice job of expanding the look and feel of the movie by filming the vigilante. Like walking across huge... Suspension bridges in front of like the big courthouse, a bunch of like illuminated, cool-looking like nighttime walkways. Like he made he made the city. You don't know what city it is. You don't know where it is. Yeah. But he shot Bronzy walking 
across just really cool looking backdrops. I, it could have just been a downtown and him just in these alleyways all night. No, he put him in front of like the Capitol building. I think they did a good job of balancing a single-minded venge, revenge story versus an actual vigilante who's out there hunting people. Well, and I think, quite honestly, any other movie that showed so much of a guy just walking around aimlessly, I would have a big problem with after about two minutes. Was, but the fact that it looks just it looks like Charles... Like, I could watch him I for two really hours walking around was, with I, his hands in his pockets just looking around. <laughs> Well, that's what I was sitting there thinking this whole time. Like, I'm waiting for like the Glenn Frey soundtrack to kick in. You belong to this. It's Bronson's doppelganger. Well, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm fine with it. I'm what in. is he doing on the bridge? There's no crime here. By the way, where's Halfway Rancho, over? Texas? Where's where? Rancho, Texas. No. Do we know where that's at? Because that's apparently where Bronski's at. That's where he lives? Yeah. That's How'd you find out where he lives? IMDb. It has where he's... Like, he, his it just said, well, it just said Rancho, Texas. Uh, he is a horseman. Yeah. He he does like do a lot of stuff with horses. I did find that out in my brief research. I wonder what his day rate is. Giddy up. <laughs> well, no, I'd, <laughs> I'd love to make it. I, I'm going to talk at the end, like, it, I'd, who we'd like to like bring back from the dead. Like, if we go to Hungary and find somebody, we'll talk about that at the end. Real quick, you're getting pretty close down there on the cigar. Oh, yeah. uh, so you, we're all right, right about there. Um, anything new? No, no. How's it finishing out? Very good. Don't start. It's a tasty cigar. I'm not done yet. <laughs> this is the end. This is, this is the end. Uh, actually, it, it's never really, and I don't, I, I haven't smoked enough Cubans to know exactly what the profile is or what I should be expecting. I have, I have smoked a couple. There's different profiles, but I, I'm surprised that the strength is not exactly punchy. Uh, it's, I think, the, it's a nice medium. Like right now, it's a nice medium. It's, it's been it's, a nice medium, yeah. It's not, it's not a very strong cigar, but it's a nice. It, it's got a presence there to it. So to me, I guess I'm, I'm not really sure what I should be like measuring this to. I don't think you should measure it to anything. Except it's a cigar, whether it's Dominican, Nicaraguan. I think I, I always treat Cubans. I don't. They don't have that kind of mystique for me. The mystique in Cubans for me is that you can't get them. Yeah. It's not as far as they're still farmers. They're still blenders. They're still rolled the same. I look at you know. I don't look at it any differently than I look at any other nationality as far as when I'm smoking it. What am I getting from it? And. Man, this gave me a lot. It gave me cedar. It gave me cocoa. It gave me breadiness. It gave me some cream. It gave me some nice pepper on the nose. A little bit of earthiness. You guys got some fresh cut hay. Like that's a lot in a short robusto. It's yeah. five yeah. inches. Four point nine. Yeah. Don't judge. Uh, I too late. Man, I can't ask. And it, you know, I, I did have to relight it a few times because we're just gabbing. But the the draw has been great. Good smoke production. The aroma has been nice. Um, it's one of the better Cubans I've had in a long time. It really is. Uh, I, the only thing that I compare compare it to was a <clears throat> was a uh, Cohiba Bahinki I had, and that was a very very fine cigar. Where'd uh, you get a Bahinki? Uh, on the road, playing with Mark Winston Kirk. I'd like to smoke a Bahinki. Uh, it was a very 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 fine cigar. Uh, 
Only to know the box code is probably fake. Well, if it was fake, it was a very, very fine cigar. I've had another fake Cohiba. I'm assuming it was a fake. Uh, they're called Fohibas. Because it was horrible. It was absolutely mm. like just, oh my God, this is bad. Cohiba uh, is the most counterfeited cigar in the world. And I'm pretty sure that this was one of them because I was just like, there's no way that this passed any quality test whatsoever. Um, um, I, I really enjoyed this little Robusto. I, I really and did it's, too. it's a long smoking Robusto. I mean, well over almost an hour and a half. A little shy of it, but yeah, about an hour, but it's over an hour, so it's about an hour, ten. And honestly, hour, I'll smoke on this for another fifteen minutes. It's not getting hot. I'll smoke on this for another three. Towards the nub. Right, let's talk <laughs> price point. This is this is interesting because you know there's not a listed. MSR- I have no clue. I have no clue. It's not a listed MSRP. I'm basically going to tell you boys um, on the range. You can get them on some on some legitimate internet sites, and then I'll tell you what I what I got them for. Um, on a trade site here in the states. Oh man, I'm going yeah, to go you first. I don't know if they're if they're listing them as authentic. Oh, it's authentic. I and I wouldn't bring it on the show if I wasn't 100 percent sure of their authenticity. Man, I don't even know. I, as, I don't, a, as a robusto, the most, fifteen Cuban pesos. The most no 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 American equivalent oh, dollars. Oh, American sorry. dollars. Sorry. But Cigar Aficionado called this the most popular Cuban cigar in the market t- today. Whatever that goes, whatever that means. Mm. It is though. I mean, I you know I, I'm not a big Cuban guy you know, at probably, all, I'm but pro- I've heard I'm of the probably parties. way off the mark. I'm but turning I'm, I'm, into one. I'm going to go 15. 15. 15. Man, my first instinct was 13.5. I'm going to go 17.5. You said 15. I said 15. You said seventeen five. Uh, if you were to buy a box of these, I'm breaking the box price down to singles. Yeah. Um, on some some websites, they range anywhere on average from seven dollars and thirty two cents to eight dollars and thirty six cents. Yes. Yes. I got these. Uh, we paid around nine bucks a piece. Yeah. Absolutely. That was excluding shipping. Well, even if you paid, a, even even if you went nine dollars a piece, that's good. I mean, that's most a, of the time price. I see "quote unquote" Cuban, or even if, it, if it's fake or authentic. The the risk they're they're charging the, so much. The risk is avoiding fakes. the The fake Cuban market is a multi million dollar. I mean, it's just so proficient. Um, you just have to be so careful. You have to find a trusted source, whether it be a, a retailer um, or you know, there's a lot of uh, boards online where you can find trusted people who know what they're doing. A lot of people go to Cuba, bring back boxes, but you gotta really trust who you're getting them from. And I found a trusted source. I paid about nine bucks. Yeah, I have a friend that's actually going over there in the next month, uh, doing some doctor stuff, and he was like, "What do you want me to get you?" And I'm like, "I am so ignorant of the Cuban scene. I don't know how. I don't know how to tell you." Because he's not a cigar smoker. Yeah. I don't know how to tell you to spot the fakes. Yeah. Well, basically, if you go to a Habanos SA store, a national, run by the government, you know that is your your one for sure far away. But there's a lot of farms in Cuba that sell fresh rolled, you know, cigars. I think Young Paul, one of our pub friends, dad, that's what he brought us over. Was he went to a farm in Cuba and yeah. 
and uh, got us some fresh rolled, which you know a lot of people, you know, really like those. But then again, unless you know the person who was in Cuba and physically on the farm and got those, even still, hey, yeah. I got some uh, unbanded cigars. Sure you do. Sure you do. Got to be careful. But uh, for nine bucks, shit, man, I liked it. I liked it a lot. And to expand our repertoire with reviewing and stuff, this will not be the last Cuban we do on the show. Excellent. Excuse me as I tell my source to be on the lookout for this cigar. Uh, it is a winner. Um, and, you know, it's funny. The, the, the different sizes of the Partagas in that series, um, you know, typically don't get rated as much. This, this Robusto seems to be the, the sweet spot for the blend. Um, people just really go nuts. And I'm starting to see why. You get a lot of transitions and a lot of complexity there in, in five inches. Tell me, <laughs> tell me about it. Yes, you do. Um, and I'm sorry, the beer works perfectly. It does. I'm loving that vanilla. It's got a little bit of creaminess on the front end too. Um, the slight malty bite on the back end. Um, good aroma. Like I said I, I'm. I'm just. It's difficult because I'm sitting here going. You know, I'm looking at it going, oh, it says, you know, barrel-aged, and this just is not... It's not the American barrel-aged that right. we're used to at all, which uh, is refreshing. It is. And it's actually a refreshing kind of beer. Um, way to go, Dougal McFirethorn. What was his name? Gunsharp. 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 Dougal McGunsharp. Okay. Um, so two words that don't go together. Gunsharp. Gunsharp. Is your, is your gun... Sharp. It is, unless I'm in a chase scene, and then I can't hit shit. <laughs> they do somewhat kind of in these chase scenes. Every once in a while, I'll be like, oh, wait, we haven't shown anybody reload in five minutes. It is a revolver. And sometimes when he reloads, <laughs> the whole thing falls apart. <laughs> and he's like, he's, no, it's, it's, you it's think like he would have those the, little back clips. No, it's not the auto out. loaders, though. He's loading bullets by hand. He doesn't have like the oh, speed really? loaders. No. You'd think he would have like a like belt a, of just those speed loaders. Like nope. a, he's like he, he keeps it in his back pocket, like yeah. like pop out, like you know, peacemaker. Like, Here's but my one bullet. time they show him reloading, and the whole cylinder just falls off. He's like looking for it. I thought that kind of betrayed the mystique of the vigilante. Should be on top of that shit. No. All right. Well, later that day, the vigilante hand delivers Anna her money envelope. I didn't want to leave it in your mailbox. He sees a, she's in the backyard gardening, and he sees a big dump on the ground in her garden, and he asks if she bought a dog. When she tells him about the coyote that's been lurking around, he asks her if she has a gun, but she says she wouldn't even know how to use one if she had one. I'm going to go get something out of my car. He returns with a giant fucking case. Is that a keyboard case? Do you play piano? She yes, asks. I do. Her ex played piano in a salsa band. But he says, sadly, no. <laughs> he wishes he played piano. That was the only real insight we got to him. Like, I think he really wanted to play piano one time. All of a sudden, it's like him and uh, Jan Michael Vincent. He's out there in the pasture with the piano. <laughs> I swear, why couldn't they show him in the city as he like lingered by the piano store? Like, Look, looking in the, the window. <laughs> Just, mm-hmm. It's all right. Like, give different him some, life. Give him a, some depth. A different life. Perhaps. <laughs> Thinking about this now, every time he talks to her. Now I can see his bronze piano. Like, can you imagine how 
awesome it would be if you could go through life like this dude like with your people in your life like just answer them in such like one word sentences yes yes Matt did you do that load of towels in the laundry nope <laughs> and she knows that's all she's gonna get out of you why why not, why not? Just, all right, we're not. Just that's that's all. That's how we're getting. <laughs> I'm gonna try that when I get home. Yeah. Did you walk in drunk at four in the morning? No. <laughs> all right. Uh, and sure enough, she's asking about the piano, and she tries to get more, and he just stares a hole through her until she's like, you know what? Why don't you just sit down and eat your lunch? As he eats his fresh garden salad, Anna decides to confess the reality of their situation to him, even if it means he decides to stop giving them money. It shows character. She said if she ever got to meet the person who was sending them money, she would tell them the truth. He may think they're innocent victims of circumstances beyond their control, and that's why he takes pity on them, but it turns out Anna used to be a party girl. I know. And that's why uh, one day she took her little girl with her to her drug dealer's house. And as she approached the front door, when a shootout started taking place inside, a bullet burst through the front door and lodged in her daughter's spine. The little girl will never walk again, and that's completely on Anna. That's her fault. Now, shouldn't he kill Anna now? It's all explained in the end, isn't it? Yes. Well, but he you should. would think so. Everything we've seen, you would think so. But this is what he says. It was an accident. <laughs> funny how the girl with an amazing body and the skin-tight jeans gets a pass from our mustached hero all of a sudden. <laughs> Poor Billy watching his wife get raped. I don't know you. <laughs> I am the responsible for paralyzing this little girl. Mm, it was an accident. <laughs> He's a little horn dog. We all, that's right. we all make mistakes. <laughs> I think yeah. back now. Maybe I shouldn't have shot Billy. (laughs) (laughs) No regrets. Hindsight 2020. Why didn't I take those piano lessons? (laughs) I should have been a florist. I could have been a florist. When she realizes that... Actually, I think Charles Bronski would be a baker. You think so? Yeah, yeah. He'd be baking. Delicious cakes, cookies, donuts. Do you have any more of those blueberry croissants? No. You gonna make any more of them? All right, I'll come back tomorrow. <laughs> Can I get extra frosting? No deal. No dice. <laughs> you gave him extra frosting. Saying over. When she realizes that he's not surprising that disappointed in her after all these revelations, she once again kind of warms up and like snaps out and she's like, "I have to know your name." Doesn't say anything. Okay, just your initials. Hey, that's it? That's all you're going to give me? <laughs> my God. I want this acting assignment. You're going to be the lead in my movie. Awesome. I'm not that good at memorizing. Oh, don't worry about it. You have three lines. Okay. Do you uh, know how to say the word no? She changes the subject. She's not getting anywhere there. To the piano case. And he opens it and pulls out this big-ass shotgun for your coyote problem. <laughs> This I love le- it's got the tactical, uh, the ammo on the on, on the, the side on the, on the stock. Oh, I love that. This then leads us into another slow motion montage of the vigilante teaching Anna how to fire the shotgun. We don't hear what they say to each other because the music's playing over it all and it's on slow motion. 
But she's clearly very into him. Every time his hand touches hers as he's having her aim, she gets a big smile on her face. And soon enough, she's blasting liters of soda to pieces. This is like Death Wish 3 now. Once he starts, once she starts blasting those liters of soda to pieces, it's time for me to leave. <laughs> she tells them, hey, I understand if you're not ready to meet my daughter yet, but you can come back any time between the hours of 9 and 2 when I'm home alone. Sounds like that coyote's not the only thing I'm eating her pussycat. That sounds sorry, good. Sorry. Are we back to that now? Uh, yes. Be sure to shave down there. I like eating off a clean plate. No, he doesn't say that. <laughs> but he would. He would. He would. He totally would. That's totally a Bronski move. <laughs> Bronzy. Bronzy. Sorry. We need to get Bronzy shirts. Do you think we could get Drew Estate to have us bring Bronzy to the barn smokers with us? <laughs> Just have him stand there? That would there? be awesome. Yeah? Yeah. Totally. <laughs> Part of the TNCC. So what do you do with them? Okay. <laughs> Why do you guys need to bring this guy again? All of a sudden, yeah, Gary's all of a sudden like, uh, we got a line item for a Bronski. No, <laughs> that's Bronzy. I got to fly this guy in from a horse farm in South Texas? That's right. Why? <laughs> all right, we'll, we'll work on it. He's essential to our performance. <laughs> Can you guys do the show without him? No. Can you no. imagine going through the security check TSA with that guy? <laughs> well, sir, with I'm those gonna, gun cases we take everywhere? Sir, I'm going to need to I'm patch a musician. You. I promise, we're just filmmakers. <laughs> I would love to see him in a TSA line. Sir, I need to patch you down. <laughs> you know what? Just go. You're, it's fine. You're good. You know. Don't worry about it. <laughs> oh, my God. You go put those blue gloves on. You <laughs> Charles Bronson. You listeners have to understand when we travel across country filming the, the Drew State events, all of our camera gear is in these huge gun cases and the, the airport staff and TSA people are always asked, we look like mercenaries. <laughs> well, not, And we have the worst... We look just like the Expendables. And we have the worst excuse ever. <sighs> Those are a lot of cases. Camera equipment. Isn't that what Stallone and Statham said in Expendables when they go to that island? I think so. We're, we're, we're filming birds. I think so. We're photographing wild bird life. All right. <laughs> Makes sense. Camera. Only actually with us, it does. Like, we look like we'd be filming birds. But it has, like, a perfectly molded fit for an AK-47 with a drum on it. Uh, you know right. what? Why don't you talk to our fourth member, Bronzy? <laughs> Very good. Birds. Okay. Hey, check out. Well, late that night, after he leaves her house... Oh, I hope Rancho, Texas is, like, close to Austin, dude. we got to get this guy in. I've actually seen an interview with him talking normal, and it loses a is little bit. Is it freaky? Yeah, it loses a little bit of the luster. <laughs> uh, he's Hungarian. I mean, yeah. I mean, he, does, he can't speak English, but... Well, late that night, the vigilante tracks down a robber who he ends up sh- killing in the middle of a rain-soaked soccer field. Um... But the next morning at 9 a.m. sharp, he's dressed up all nicely and ringing Anna's doorbell. <laughs> Again, not a euphemism. I was actually ringing the doorbell. Uh, dude, he killed a dude, and two hours later, he's at her door ringing the doorbell. She doesn't even answer the door this time. She just yells out for him to come on in as she waits for him in the bedroom. He steps inside, and she unbuttons her shirt. I didn't think we were going to get to see her boobies. Yeah. We did. We did. Revealing her perky breasts. Were they perky? Bronzy saw them. Oh, he saw them. And then he walked away. 
I know what you want, she says, and I know why you help us, as she kind of sticks her chest out. But this just makes the vigilante drop his head and walk back towards the front door. She begs him, if that, if not this, if you don't want me, tell me what you did that's so bad you have to give them money and make up for it. But imagine that. He ain't talking. <laughs> I understand. He, he does say this. If you knew, you'd never want to see me again. And he leaves. I understand why they did this thing, but... It, to me, you didn't need it. Here's the weird thing. In all the Death Wish movies, we always joke, and Charles Bronson movies in general, about these beautiful women fall in love with him, and they're like, why would they fall in love with this sourpuss yeah. who's not attractive, and he's not charming, and all that? I actually kind of got why she was... I could... He supported her. He's given her child this life, and he's actually kind of got this kind of mysterious thing going on. But I think he's you, stoic. I, I think you he's could stoic. have actually I think you could have actually milked the romance part, but the moment she went full frontal or not full frontal, but the moment she started bearing it, I was just kinda like eh, I they kinda lost the romance part of it and I was just kinda like, Alright, well it was cool to see her boobs, but I to me this scene was kinda What do you want? She already off. made him a garden salad. She's tried everything else. This is like what else could she do? <laughs> she got a cup of delicious tea. I made you this this card out of construction paper. Like that's not gonna sing to him. Take his hand, put it on her breast. There you go. Hmm. <laughs> that would be the That's it. That would be the <laughs> He's not a big believer all. he's not a big believer in foreplay. That's all. <laughs> That's or pillow get. talk. Mm. And he leaves. Uh, <laughs> well, he says that if she knew, she would never want to see him again. You know what I hope to see again soon in my humidor, boys? What's that? Tobacco Special Cigars from Drew Estate. The same folks who brought you Sweet Jane, Sweet Jane. La Vieja Habana, uh, and much, Vieja. much more. Available in your choice of either Extra Dark Connecticut Broadleaf or Natural Connecticut Shade Wrappers, they envelope a Sumatra Binder and Nicaraguan Criollo Filler Leaves. Before aging, the cigars are slowly infused with Nicaraguan estate-grown coffee. The smoke is medium mm. to full body, depending on the wrapper. It's rich tobacco flavors commingling with the unmistakable aroma of coffee and some sweetness. A perfect early morning smoke, and if you don't believe me, just try one for yourself. I have been a fan of Nicaraguan cigars, so when I saw that I Are had, you a fan of uh, Nicaraguan coffee? I just started drinking it, and yes, I am. H-E-B, our, our big... Exactly. Uh, yeah. H-E-B, our uh, big grocery chain down here in Texas, <coughs> uh, they have a very tasty Nicaraguan blend. That's what I just switched to, it's and good. I like it. It's really good. It's like bold. It. Uh, yeah, it's the first time I've ever ever. Yeah, ever it's got a re- real nice flavor profile to it. I like it. You can get that in your cigar, folks. I know. Tabac, especially Secret Crazy. Out. Go to Famous, buy a box, put in TNCC 20, 20 bucks off. There you go. You can't read that. No, you can't. Yax, you need a follow-up cigar? I do. You do? Might have something in here. See, see what you can find. Um, remember Daniel Baldwin? i this. Oh, you're still going on the Partagas. I'm still going on the Partagas. Holy smokes. I am not letting it go. It's nice. It is really, really nice. You are always the first one to... Always the first one to end. This might be a first that we outlasted I have taken the words of Jose Blanco that I learned, what, six years ago now? Smoke it slowly. Do it dosimo. Yeah. All right. Good for you. I'm curious to see your score on this thing. I think you're going to kind of go 
go hard on this one. In a good way. Yeah. Yeah? Yeah, we'll see. <laughs> Best cigar I've had in a long time. Seven dollars. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I like to defy expectations. I keep them guessing. Remember Daniel Baldwin, the talk radio host? Yes. It's been a while since we've seen him. Almost as long as Tyrell. That was like an hour ago since we saw him. Yeah, he had a lot of seething to do. Uh, he's off seething somewhere. Um, and tonight we rejoin uh, Forthright on Justice Radio as he's ranting and raving about how stereotypes are actually okay. How racial profiling can make sense in the context of your own personal safety. A couple guys walk towards you as you're strolling through the park and they're dressed like gangbangers. They got tattoos. You have every right to feel threatened and to call for help before they make a move on you. He talks about how the criminal justice system sucks and we should resort back to public hangings and true eye-for-eye justice. What if we had a real champion for the innocent, he asks. Someone who took all the risks to keep us safe. Someone to deliver the kiss of death to the scumbags out there. Someone who could shoulder all the guilt and make the hard decisions so that we don't have to. Could such a person exist? And if he could, would you want him? Would you guys want him? How do you feel about... Are you pro-vigilanteism? Bronzy is something you don't like to talk about at your parties. But you want Bronzy on that wall. You need Bronzy on that wall. When Tuttle's at his pool party, grilling his hot dogs and drinking his craft beer, he doesn't want to think about Bronzy out there doing the tough stuff. (laughs) Would you be okay with a, a vigilante out there doing what... Bronzy's doing? Not if this guy is just blowing away people like indiscriminately. <laughs> Which he is. Find out whether the guy's got like his daughter kidnapped and that's why he's mewling. But I mean, are you ever going to trust a vigilante to do due diligence? Well, that's the problem with vigilantes. The Punisher does his due diligence. He gets in that TV repair truck and follows them. Exactly. Till he's sure. And then he blows up their whole apartment building with a bazooka. That's something the Houston <laughs> cops should have done. If you're going to their apartment, it just hits their. Apartment. I'm just saying, if the Punisher can surveil somebody for two weeks and find out what's going on, so can the cops. Um, I I think vigilanteism has a lot of problems. Yeah. Um, but I can I I see the draw. I I think it's a very romantic draw. Look back to like Death Wish Three, which we did on the show. Where the the guys are stealing the radio out of Paul Kersey's car. Yeah, but that was like a... What's it to you, sucker? It's my car. And now you're dead. I mean, it's it's a misdemeanor crime, and they're dead. I mean, you okay with that? (sighs) No, but if you lived in that neighborhood where... That was an extreme circumstance. It was World War III. I was about to say. You couldn't go to the goddamn 7-Eleven without somebody chopping off one of your legs. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it's crazy. No, I'm so, now, if you lived in that circumstance, then absolutely. Now, if you lived in, all right, like, like say if you lived in like one of the third world countries, like Mexico, where people are like, it, it's not uncommon where all of a sudden there's five heads laying out in the middle of the road. Right. Would you be happy about a vigilante going around there? I would think that you would. But isn't that kind of what the reverse of what they have there? Like, just people randomly going around just beheading people but we'd have someone beheading people for us right he'd be beheading the beheaders yes that gets messy wouldn't you be happy for I that I mean literally messy there's heads <laughs> everywhere <laughs> man I, I I think we're better off without vigilantes I'm gonna go anti-vigilanteism 
if I'm 50-50. It vigilante ism is. If I told you the guys, the ideal is brought upon if your law enforcement isn't working well. Like Tut said, if you're in a country where it is not, or if you live in the Bronx in Death Wish Three, where there's n- no police. <laughs> but that's right. because that's because the yeah, when law you enforcement fails, that and say this is a good thing because it does establish or help to establish some form of law and order and or in the concept of justice and maybe keeping criminals a little checking their over their shoulder. There, there's a you know, there's not a district attorney. There's not a, a waiting line to, to get through the, the the court system. Right. There's somebody out there who if they catch you, they're actually going to well, blow, blow your brains out. Well, let's look at also one of the draws uh, and the romantic draws of the 30s and 40s mafia. You know, that wasn't just a criminal organization just to be a criminal organization. They were a neighborhood organization as well. I mean, there's a lot of truth in the florist getting some young punks stealing his flowers. He goes to the Mafia Don. They rough up the punks that were stealing the flowers. You know, that was a law enforcement aspect to itself. Uh, so, I mean, I, I, I can understand well, I also think this. there's a line there between roughing up and shooting guys in the dick. <laughs> Twice. I'd be okay if he was like, you stole those flowers, come over here, and he like poked them in the eyes, and like, he's shooting them in the dick like a million times. That's different. He doesn't need to. He's like using a 44. It's like, those were my prize gardenias. Even in Sopranos, you know, don't respect the pizza, don't disrespect the pizza parlor. And then he like, hits him over the head with a bottle or something. He's not shooting his dick off. I like vigilantes if there's some boundaries. I want to regulate... An hey, appropriate hey, reaction. I'm a typical Democrat. I want to regulate the vigilantes. Let's tax them. Let's give them a lot of rules. You know, tell them exactly what they can and can't do. <sighs> Vigilante force. Um, well, guess what? If it sounds like Dan Forthright on Justice Radio was talking about... Because every time he talks, it's about something the vigilante just did. Whether it's the, the sex trafficking or the keister bunny... It's weird. Everything he talks about, we just saw. Yet we're not seeing like in the newspaper, like vigilante on the loose, or we're not seeing any news things about a vigilante on the loose. Right. But we're hearing this DJ address it all. If it sounds like he's talking about our vigilante, it's because he was. As suddenly the vigilante himself shows up in the radio studio. I was about to say, I actually, if sorry to interrupt, but if if you want to be smart with this screenplay. They should have had some media clips, some like mainstream media clips that just kind of glossed I over some of I thought so stuff. until I remembered what movie we did, Gaudy, with those horrible media things. Yeah. Like the People magazine shoots up on, like the way it was just horrible. Vigilante well, on the loose. I think you could do it I a little kinda, bit better. Because we don't know what city this is. We don't know what even time period this really is. Yeah. I mean, they have smartphones and stuff, but I mean, we don't know what the... Anything politically or... Yeah. I kind of like that they just were like, you know, we're not even going to go there. Really? Okay. Because then you would have to show him on the news, and there would be a camera at that soccer field where he shot the guy, get a glimpse of him, and they just avoid that altogether, which you kind of have to. Otherwise, if you start addressing it, then it's... All of a sudden, Bronzy is, you know, wearing... The mask. He's worried about stuff, and you can't have Bronzy worried about stuff. Okay. Mincy, uh, the doctor, wrote a review for the new Death Wish Bruce Willis movie on our website. And remember, he said they took 
great lengths to explain like cameras everywhere and social media and how this guy could get away with it in the world of constant you, surveillance. You can't be do anything without being seen. Okay, let the Bruce Willis movie handle this. Let Death Kiss just be be Death, be Death Kiss. Kiss. I'm okay <laughs> with that. Um, I did kind of like uh, when uh, Baldwin said the kiss of death. I was like, ooh, no, said, it's close, it's close. Um, well, uh, Baldwin lights up a cigarette like he hasn't had one in a year. Did you see how like <laughs> sexual that was? He offers uh, the vigilante Do you one. want one? Do you want a cigarette? I don't smoke. All right, hold on. Oh, my God, it was such a s- intense inhale. <laughs> Um, and he tells his mustache friend, you know, we're going to get caught sooner or later, but I don't care because we're doing God's work. He also tells the vigilante that he knows where Tyrell is. I almost want to say because his word choice there was very specific. It was, they will find out about us eventually. I almost want to think about, I, I'm kind of curious about who they are because I don't think it was they as in media or public. I thought it was the cops. I think it was like they as in somebody else. Oh, like Illuminati? Like he's that big of a conspiracy radio weirdo? Yeah. I would like th- I would like to explore that a little bit. Okay. Well, with him you could have. I mean, those radio guys get pretty... That's what they want you to think. Pretty nuts. Exactly. Google it. Google it. Google Bronzy. See what you find. Um, but yeah, he doesn't care. He's also, like I said, uh, he tells the vigilante he knows where Tyrell is, but he's surrounded by civilians where he's hiding out. So you got to wait, follow him, and take him out so no innocents gets hurt, no innocent people get hurt. You understand? We understand. Who's we? Me and him. He opens up his jacket and taps his pistol, which is a direct <laughs> Dirty Harry ripoff. Yeah. Everything else was kind of all right. I'll get. I'm okay with it because it's bronzy. <laughs> but it, was it sudden impact? Well, no. He did in Death Wish 3. Her. It was her. It was her. No, he, he's like, I'm waiting on my friend. Right. Hildy. 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 But, in, but it, you got to remember in, uh, I think it was, it was here, Tightrope or Sudden Impact, Dirty Harry movie, he goes into a diner and it's being robbed. Me and my friends. We can't let you get out of here. Who's who's, who's we, we, sucker? Smith, Wesson, and, and my me. my Smith, Wesson, Wesson, and me. And he blasts him. Uh, again, I really want someone to bring Clint Eastwood back from the dead and have him do a movie of Bronzy. He's not dead. Oh, really? <laughs> sure looks dead. Um, man, that's a great line, though. Me and him. Which would I'd have him say that line if he was in a porno, too. As D- Dungar Rappelstein. What was that guy's name? Dougal Gunsharp. Sharp. Dougal Gunsharp. I see you booked two for a massage, Mr. Gunsharp. Yes, I did. Yes, I did. Where's your friend? It's me and him. <laughs> Just the robes fall off. He d- he doesn't tip. <laughs> Actually, he's a big tipper. Ten percent. Non-negotiable. <laughs> Speaking of Tyrell, who we haven't seen in forever. <laughs> My God, he disappeared for an hour in the movie. We now just... Sorry. Speaking of Tyrell, we now join... <laughs> <laughs> terrible. Yes. That's terrible. 
We joined him and two of his tattooed. He found some new tattooed cronies. Bronzy killed all the other ones. As <laughs> they pour a bottle of barbecue sauce all over a street thug chained up to a tree out in the wilderness. Apparently mountain lions like barbecue sauce? Dude, this movie goes from like shacks out in the country to junkyards. Like there's a waterfront. Now they're up in like these snow-covered mountains. That's so, Okay, I will say that if there was anything... Any, it creates a world that you have no idea where they are. True, but all right, so you get Baldwin saying, all right, he's with people. You need to follow him to make sure that you don't get the civilians. Right. All right, you need to show me this because you cut from that to like to the, the wilderness. The middle of nowhere. And I'm like, what? <laughs> What's going on? He keeps himself surrounded by Girl Scouts and handicapped children so you won't kill him. I understand. Next thing you know, he's just out in the middle of nowhere. Yeah, it was a little bit disjointed, uh, but all right. Again, I I don't care. I just like the whole fact that I'm going to get the critters of this wilderness, the mountain lions and the coyotes. I'm going to entice them to eat you by pouring Casey's masterpiece on it. It really is. It's one bottle. Like he couldn't bring out like a Sam size thing and like a jug and pour it over his head. Guess what? One drop. Let me open up this pack of Chick-fil-A sauce. <laughs> Pour it over your head. Here's, oh, some, oh. here's some Whataburger fancy ketchup. <laughs> Not the <so> spicy. <laughs> it was kind of weak sauce. Literally. Sweet. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, they start pouring barbecue sauce all over the street thug chained up to a tree. Tyrell could just kill the man for stealing drugs yeah, from him. He is chained. They got chains. They got straps. They got bungee cords. <laughs> He's literally strapped with every it's kind got of. Like, it's got like a, tu- a truck tow cord. I'm like, what is going on here? Like, I don't know if the wolves could get to him. He's got so many goddamn cords around him. Uh, he could just kill the man for stealing drugs from him, but it'd be a lot funner knowing that the mountain lions ate him alive. Come on, boys. Tyrell says. Just the smell of this sauce is, will attract predators real quick. I'm already here. Dude, <laughs> the vigilante jumps out from behind a tree. That's a good line, right? <laughs> uh, he pops out from behind a tree and starts sh- shooting. He shoots one man dead. you think by now he learned to shoot Tyrell first. He's been waiting there. He could easily have... If he was good, he could have just shot three of them without saying anything. <laughs> I have to announce myself. He could have just shut up and shot him. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Uh, or one. just say it and shoot him. Yeah, he shoots one guy or, I dead. Mean, apparently, he's he's got access to guns. Could he have not gotten like a rifle and shot them from a distance? A machine gun? You got to get up close, X. Did y'all think in a minute when he grabs a machine gun he was going to do the Die Hard? Now I have a machine gun. Okay, nice. He looks at it all sexual, like, oh yeah. <laughs> what is this? Now I have a machine gun too. New toy. Uh, another chase scene then begins with Tyrell and his cohort chasing the vigilante in circles <laughs> through the rocky, snow-covered woods. Much like the first shootout in the junkyard, everyone suddenly is a terrible shot. They shoot like 500 rounds and don't hit anything. Finally, and you, also, I w- dude, I just got to say that western real quick that they made before this. Imagine these ridiculous chase scenes where they just go and start on horseback. <laughs> like no one just starts riding like. To escape, it's just they go around trees, and this guy goes like it's just it all takes place within like a, an acre of land. It's crazy. But I also want to say, an acre I don't to film on. <laughs> even Classic in the Rene, wilderness, you're in the Perez's, mountains. Uh, 
the echo from 500 shots from guns going off <laughs> is going to attract somebody. Yeah, bears. No. No. Like, everybody. Like, you know, you might hear a random gunshot in the wilderness. It's no. machine gun fire. But if you just start hearing... You better call somebody. There's Wait like, I don't know what's going on over there. Do you smell barbecue sauce? Is that Casey Masterpiece? <laughs> that is going to attract bears. Let's get out of here. <laughs> do you think Tyrell went to the store himself and picked out the bottle of barbecue sauce? Or did one of his underlings do, do it? He probably went in there thinking... I know which one's best. Yes. Yeah. He's all about the details. I think so, too. He takes pride in his little kill scenes. <laughs> Boss, he's really tied up. You sure we need this other chain? Do it. I got a padlock number 20. Did new did new tattoo biker guy, hey, I got that, got that jug of Sweet Baby Ray's. <laughs> I said Casey Masterpiece. <laughs> Receiving. I thought you said Heinz, boss. Don't you know Stubbs is what attracts <laughs> mountain lions? <laughs> this is up north. They didn't have Stubbs. Was it national now? They should have had Sweet Baby Ray's, though. I've never heard of Sweet Baby Ray's. Is that the best sauce? No. Oh. It is a sauce. <laughs> <laughs> Your head sunk in shame. I felt like I was missing out on something. I like that. No. No, it's just sauce. <laughs> it all tastes the same. Just, I'll go with Casey Masterpiece. Well, finally, after all the shooting that goes nowhere... Look, I got Frank's Red Hot. Mountain Lions love hot wings. <laughs> the vigilante gets a hold of one of their machine guns and kills the crony, the, big, uh, the, the new tattooed guy, while again wounding Tyrell in the leg this time. Tyrell spins around. Bronzy picks up a big rock and just throws it at his head and knocks him out cold. When Tyrell wakes up, the vigilante has chained him to a tree. Turns out the first time they encountered each other, all of a sudden Bronzy's talking. Why are you following me, man? Why do you keep hounding me? I didn't do anything to you. Well, it turns out the first time they encountered each other was in a house where Tyrell was selling drugs. When the vigilante busted in and started shooting, they all started shooting each other. One of the bullets went through the front door, paralyzing Anna's daughter. Didn't see that coming. Uh, I, I I did, but now I see why you were like, "There's no inciting." Why did he become a vigilante? Yeah, like he was why, already a why was he at, at Tyrell's? Right? Why was he at Tyrell's house? We to never begin learned. With. Like all my right, family gotcha. was killed. My daughter right. was no. Yeah. Gotcha. It's just like he was. Just, I got you now. He was just a vigilante. That's what he decided to do one day. I still think he may have worked at Circuit City. I, th- I that's thought, why I think that until, maybe until she like Baldwin has the key. It just needs to get someone to step up and do it. No, I think that he knows that there's a he knows who they are. That they will find out. I think that there's a backstory there that needs to be explored in Death Kiss Two, a prequel. Or just an explanation of who they are. I thought maybe he was... A sequel that the, explains the prequel. I, I, I don't I'd know. Certainly I certainly watch it. The, way I, the logic I was going with is that he was the... That that, well, that was his granddaughter. Because, like, you know, you, the husband's not there. I figured, like, maybe he got killed in something. So he's Anna's dad? No, he's the... He's the father's dad. 
Oh, yeah, the father of there. the salsa piano The salsa players? piano Yeah. He's that dad? You know, it's one of those things. He's a musician. My never, son, Pedro, played a mean salsa piano. Does salsa it's, music even use pianos? Yes. Okay. I don't know. That's what I was thinking. But obviously not. That would have been something. My husband used to play piano. He was my son. That's why I looked longingly at the pianos. And your tatas. And why you refuse sex? That would be why it was. It's too weird. So <laughs> <laughs> I had good taste. <laughs> okay. Well, we never know. We have no idea why this guy does what and he does. Like and, where he is. From. and I was totally okay with that. Yeah. He is a true vigilante. Which is he. the opposite of Death Wish. I mean, Death Wish, he was a liberal, you know, doctor? Architect. 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 Who was forced into vigilantism by the the killing of his wife and later the rape and killing of his daughter? Like that was very spelled out. Well, I assume this, that this if dude they just doesn't. I assume that if they have like a death kiss too, they'll probably explore that. At least I would. I mean, I don't think you have to. Just have him kill some more thugs. You don't have to, but it's kind of interesting. Do you think Bronzy's capable of bringing in some backstory? I don't. No. I don't. And I don't want it. I have a past. The minute Bronzy's like, many years ago. I'm out. <laughs> I don't want to hear that. No, I figured no, that, that would be I'm his in. whole line right I'm there. In. You're Where right. You he, could, he could do whatever he wanted to. As long as they, I insist that they do a sequel, they got to use our, one of our voices. <laughs> Let me dub in his voice. I just want him to be like, you know. Come on, Renee, make it happen. What did, why did you start this? I have a past. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> We just want some answers. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Well, he goes on to tell Tyrell, it could have been my bullet, could have been yours. We both deserve to die. My time is coming soon. But yours is coming now, or something like that. That's why they there's a they. They, they are coming after him. He didn't say they. I, I said know. my time is coming. Baldwin said they. I don't think there's Illuminati. I think it means the cops are going to figure out who he is sooner or later. Maybe. You can't keep going around just shooting people in soccer fields and no one's going to see you. <laughs> he just starts putting guns in everybody's hands. Go kill him. So you're... <laughs> you just got to I want to see Bronzy's house like where he walks into the wall like, of guns that people have seen him. He's just 80 guns up in, there. In Ziploc bags. Just <laughs> everyone who's ever seen me, I've got him square to rights. No, I can't, I can't so keep doing that. People. I stopped a robbery at a Wendy's, but then I had to make all 15 customers kill people. And they ended up shooting each other. <laughs> but I got these guns and bags, so I'm safe. And <laughs> one frosty. And one frosty. <laughs> oh, uh, I like it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, everything has to end sometime. Um... The vigilante then sticks a photograph of Anna's daughter to a tree with Tyrell's knife, and then he picks up the barbecue sauce bottle. <laughs> no, no, man, not the sauce. <laughs> I'm no, sorry, on, but man. that bottle's not that big. There's no. so much sauce on He's this guy. He's got so much sauce on that first guy. There could be. I wanted to make the fart noise, <laughs> which would have been hilarious. I can't. I mean, Bronzy comes back. Show him like hitting it against his hand. I can't get anything out of here. I could just picture me and you Give in that second. fucking editing room. And more, then, okay, more, no, more no, 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 no. 
Or would it be even funnier? Actually, it'd be, gra- gra- actually be awesome. Bottle, a glass bottle. He's like, actually, it'd be even better if you did that and made the fart noise. The guy's like, yeah, there's no more sauce. I brought my own. Another bottle. <laughs> but did he? Somehow there's another Casey's gallon of sauce. super so- chunky. <laughs> another gallon of sauce in this little tiny bottle. No, man, not the sauce. Just take me to the police. Let law enforcement handle this the way it should be. The vigilante empties the bottle of Casey's masterpiece all over Tyrell. No law this time. Just justice. As the vigilante walks away in slow motion, wearing his Bronson-style little black skull cap. Oh, yeah. my God. Oh, he looks yeah. like... I mean, totally like so sorry. That was with re- that skull cap. I was waiting for some grainy footage. Oh my, that God. was Bronson, man. It was Bronson. Uh, we see a very hungry wolf show up. That, or if at least he would get on a white buffalo and ride away. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go. No, uh, we see a wolf show up, just like that. That that barbecue sauce. Man, Casey brings them to the yard. I guess Tyrell had done this before. This wasn't his first time out in the woods with barbecue nah, sauce. He knew. Tyrell, Tyrell thinks of the details. He knew. He knew. Uh, this, we see this hungry wolf show up with its fangs showing, and we hear its howls as the as we look at the photo of Anna's daughter as it, she watches on the carnage that takes place. We then cut to Anna and her daughter at the kitchen table. She's got her top back on. Uh, <laughs> as she opens up I a think new... that was a necessary detail for this scene. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, that was, that was, that was uh, bad. That's all right. Uh, as she opens the, she gets the mail and she opens up a newly delivered envelope of money she smiles she likes that money Who and, and she likes the vigilante uh, we then jump back into the city where we see a quick shot of the vigilante once again dressed up in his trench coat and his suit patrolling the streets in slow motion and that's all she wrote you all right. to the slow motion effects would, from this movie it would have been 30 minutes long Pretty much. There's <laughs> so much slow motion in this movie. No. I will say that at no. the end here, 40, they really could have... 45 minutes. At the end, they really could have used as Bronski is... Or Bronsky is running or walking through the city. They should have had a voiceover of Baldwin kind of recapping... Summoning or, you know, do that, whole, do that whole thing where he's walking in slow motion and everybody else is, like, scurrying around. Right. Fast. But no, I like your thing. But at the have same time, have, bring have Baldwin... Baldwin do a final... You know, folks, I'm just going to tell you, he's out there. Yeah, I mean, just... If, and whether if, you know it or not, you owe him a debt of justice. Yeah, if you, you have that kind of partnership. You owe him a debt of gratitude. And, yeah, like a little final... That would have been nice. If you have that like kind of partnership, that would have been awesome. When you have, a, when you have a director who also does the music, he wants to hear his music over that last slow motion show. Well, I've got a big problem with the music in this movie. All right. First of all, you got freaking Tyrell and the biker gang just begging for some heavy metal hairband. Something. Something. I understand you've got. Uh, they didn't spend a lot of money on this on the on the on the music. It just. It's no. Not, the director is the the composer. He did he the, did all the music. After the failure it's not of his good, I'm sorry. at every level, I kept waiting to hear like that stripper song from Any Which Way You Can for the for like the bikers. I would have liked it. It, it, it was it, yeah. It, the the music was a, a weak spot, especially because you know, especially in Death Wish Two, um, I thought Jimmy Page from Led Zeppelin did that soundtrack, and he had these little cues for Cursey, the bling bling, like these little 
guitar plucks yeah. that became so synonymous with the character. And we didn't have any of that. Well, I wanted, when I wanted when the vigilante went out for a walk at night and he saw the the robbers in the alley, or he saw the guy robbing the hot dog stand that he shot in the soccer field. I wanted to have a like a, a vigilante theme. No, to and where no. When he's out on the prowl, well, he has his own. Like, no, think, you know, think back to uh, Once Upon a Time in the West with harmonica. Sure. You heard that riff. You know it's harmonica. You heard the the stuff the bling bling from Kels, uh, Kersey. You know it's you know what's going on. No, you're absolutely right. Have the music, you know, kind of signify this it was is like, the character. It's like Boom. this scene has black guys in it. I'm going to do a hip hop kind of thing. This scene has this. I'm going to do. It, it was. It was and especially with Tyrell. Come on, you got a biker gang, man. Go. You know, they didn't have any bikes. But still, you could park some motorcycles out front, right? <laughs> you got a guy with a denim cut off vest. Throw some freaking Skinner on there, man. I was actually surprised with the Tyrell gang that they didn't. Put a little more into that because it's not easy to film at an airport. Yeah, and this guy filmed at a you know the Avis rental car place in an airport terminal. Like you can't just that's not easy to do. So no. so it was like I thought with especially with Terrell if that's your main bad guy. It's just like hey I put a backwards back baseball cap and a leather. Why not give them leather jackets with with patches and what are the things with bikers called the the. The colors, or yeah, whatever. the colors, and yeah. the, like make them a. a, a that's not well, hard. That's, that's they, not they, hard. They that's wardrobe. Like make that. them a gang. Like make him. Yeah. Like make that. Give them a little more. It's just, every time we see Tyrell, he's just got a jacket and a baseball cap on. He's got new bad guy. Like give him a little bit of an identity. A little bit of a. Who well, this he guy is? He didn't have the thing like you know Death Wish Three where they had the little mark on the their little forehead. mark on their forehead. Yeah. We've been okay with that too. Yeah, exactly. I mean, just something to give him a little bit of depth there. Yeah, he just seemed like a low-level drug dealer that had these really extravagant ways of killing people. <laughs> <laughs> and, and a lot of KC masters and a lot of barbecue sauce. <laughs> Look, my guys, he robbed a truck. He was supposed to be stereo equipment, <laughs> and it's barbecue sauce. I got eighteen crates of barbecue sauce. <laughs> I make do with and what you know I what? Have. I can't unload it. So you know what? From now on, I'm going to kill all my guys. Everybody. Last week, I drowned a guy in barbecue sauce. <laughs> I literally put him in a swimming pool and filled it with 22,000 bottles. And we had to squirt each one. <laughs> I made sure they drained those bottles. <laughs> dunk, dunk, dunk. Uh, yeah, the music was, uh, you know, as, as good as some of the 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 shots you know, it, it wasn't shot real jittery. It had some really nice no, master the, shots. The cinematography him, was pretty nice especially on this. of the vigilante walking around town. I thought most of the little radio station stuff with Baldwin was done nicely in the shadows. Um, it was yeah. a very, it was a very calm down, nicely shot film for the most part. Um, but man, the music could have really taken it to another place. Lose the CGI blood. Spend a little more money on on practical blood effects. And all of a sudden, you've—I you've, just thought it would be a better movie. But having yeah, said that, I've got—I've got no problem with the cinematography. And hand, uh, hats off to the color—the uh, colorist on it. Yeah. it uh, he did a great job, or she did. And a he great didn't job. make the city look like a washed-out, right? Gray, just nothing. I mean, it, it had some texture to it. And yeah, I, I man, just a few little things, you huh. know. Put a little more money into the music, a little more thought into the music. Little get rid of that CGI blood and replace a few actors because there there are some good acting performances but there's some really shit ones yeah um, and man but that aside 
for a straight-to-video action movie. It was fun. With a guy that looks just like Charles Bronson. <laughs> it was lots of fun. I really like Death Kiss. Uh, I liked the first half of it. The first half of it, I was on board with it. The second half of it, I was kind of like, eh, it started getting, that's when I started noticing the, the length love, of the shootouts, the just, yeah. some of the, when it got to the, the plot more, stuff kind of got, got to a little bit weird. When it got to the more complicated cinematography-wise stuff, the shootout stuff, but man, what I saw of that Western, it was the same, and I've looked at some trailers. Two, two of the trailers I looked for his movies after this are shot in those same snow-covered mountains, <laughs> and they had the same dude like sliding over the same rocks. <laughs> You know, I think I think we're starting to see a pattern here, but uh, I'm just glad they didn't fall into a weird thing that they didn't need to, where he ended up having sex with Anna, yeah, and he ended up like talking more. I love that they stayed true to the the silent street soldier. I like that they kept the vigilante who he was, didn't betray it, and because you did that, I'll watch Death Kiss two, three, four, five. Whatever you give me. It's kind of funny when you talk about the silent soldier. Uh, for some reason, uh, Kurt Russell in The Soldier popped into my head, which I think is, it was a really, really well done to where yeah. you've got Kurt Russell, who's this mega star and who chews up any type of screen that he's on, and yet you limit his dialogue you strip that all so away much. You strip it all away from and. You know, there are times where that just absolutely works. And I think that, yeah, in this case, all right. I mean, it was necessity. <laughs> it's a necessity. They didn't have a choice. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, no, I appreciate it. You don't you don't need all that stuff. Yeah, it works. So, yeah, three thumbs up for Death Kiss? Yeah, I'll absolutely. give it a thumbs up. Uh, last thought on Death Kiss. Are there any dead movie stars you'd like to see resurrected on screen by Eastern European carbon copies? Like, this guy happened to find a Hungarian Charles Bronson. Is there anybody that you'd be like, God, I wish I could find... See one more movie? One more movie. If I, if I could find, like, the Hungarian... Steve McQueen. Lee Van Cleef or Steve McQueen or Mel Gibson. Could I... <laughs> Mel Gibson's, Gibson's not, not dead. dead. Oh, is he not? That's <laughs> my problem is that most of the guys that I really like from the action genre, they're still alive, technically. Steve McQueen is the only one I could think of. I would love to be vacationing in Hungary and sitting out there having, what, I don't know what they eat, goulash? Gulag. Gula- no, goulash. No, oh, goulash is, is a the prison. food. No, gulag is a prison. Gulag's a prison. Gulag, eating a bowl of goulash, and all of a sudden I see the Hungarian Chris Farley. And I'm uh, like, you're coming back to the States with me. Get your passport. I'm, I'm making Tommy Boy 2 with you. And he's and like, dubbing all of his points. And, I, and we'll just dubbing his lines. <laughs> But like he looks just like Chris Farley, we can get another Chris Farley movie. We know David Spade being on it. Yeah, we'd have to find the Hungarian David Spade too. Of course, he's still alive. He's still, he's still alive. alive. That's unfortunate. Man, I don't really know if I have one. Um, I'd be kind of interested to see a uh, Lee Marvin. Lee Marvin propped to mind. Yeah. But that, but then I think we're just in the bronzy zone. You're in the bronzy zone, tough guys. You're in the bronzy zone. I said Lee Van Cleef. Lee Marvin, Steve McQueen, like I, don't know, I, I was trying to think. It's like you know. I was about to say. I, I would almost say I would love to see more of Gandolfini. Uh, I just really like that That's dude. A great call, a Hungarian yes. but, James Gandolfini. But you can't do a Hungarian Gandolfini because Gandolfini was his line, his voices, his act. Well, I mean, he, was his an, act, he was an actual actor. He was an actor. Yeah, I mean, yeah. just I mean, you couldn't dub in that. Yeah. Um, 
I guess it just works because Bronson was such a no nonsense. I mean, you can do this because he didn't express a lot yeah. just the way he was. Yeah. That's why this works. It's just such a unique concept. It's such a unique like I'm so I just I'm so happy this thing exists. Oh yeah. No, no. This And he's doing that is another movie coming out next month. Like awesome. Escape from Cell Block something where it, yes! dude, it's bronzy I, with a machine gun. Note to self, watch yeah, no. new bronzy movie. I mean movie. like like I'm gonna watch every bronzy movie. Like if like if we get another you know, ten, twenty years from now, you know, when Arnold's gone, when Stallone's gone. Don't don't ever say that again. Then, you know, I can Dark days. Then, you know, the answer will be obvious. We sure. want to see those guys. But, you know, from what's out there now, yeah, I, I just don't know. I, th- I think that you're right. I think Bronson was such a special, unique character. This movie is magic in a bottle. And I, I, read, I read a quick little thing with the director. We're like, hey, man. Bar- if I, a barbecue sauce bottle? If I, <laughs> if I had found Bronzy, if I hadn't found Bronzy, <laughs> this could never have happened. Yeah. Yeah. This is magic in a bottle of Casey Masterpiece. This movie was a Casey Masterpiece. <laughs> That's what's funny. If you take this movie without Bronson, would it be any good? No. No. It would be like every other Rene Perez movie, The Punished. I'm, I'm trying to think of anybody. Like, you just take some person and stick him in this role. Yeah. It doesn't matter who. Just throw him in there. It would make no sense. I saw the guy. If you watch the trailer, maybe Dolph Lundgren. If you watch, no. If you watch the trailer for the Punished, his other film, which is the Punisher, it's a white guy with no personality. They killed his family. He was a soldier who thought his life would be back to his. Just some generic white guy, like this changes things. (laughs) (laughs) That's who would be in Death Kiss if Bronzy and. Rode a horse in from wherever. And I mean, like I said, I like the whole thing that they make no explanation. No. For why he's doing this. He's just killing, because that was the whole thing. This I is get, like. It this, could be. This, it could be is, that he watched Death Wish movies growing up. I look just like that guy. This is <laughs> like being Death Wish 3, where he has no backstory. What if he's he just, just in the middle of what it? What if he just grew up and he's like 20 years younger than. or 30 years younger than the actual Bronson? That guy in the movies looks like me, <laughs> and I've got nothing going on. Might as well do what he did. I mean, that that might be something. Show Bronzy in a Dude, hotel room a documentary watching, watching Death Wish. A documentary on Bronzy, man. No, a documentary on the vigilante watching Death Wish, and that's why he became the vigilante. He's like, <laughs> I look just like this guy. No, I want a fucking documentary on Bronzy. Oh, he's not that interesting. I don't think so. Really? He looks like Charles Bronson, and I think that's as far as you get. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe a featurette, like a 10-minute DVD thing. There you go. I thought about jumping out of a plane once. (laughs) (laughs) My grandma used to make brownies. Hey, you know what? We're going to wrap up. Do a, behind, <laughs> do a behind-the-scene featurette for the DVD on uh, Death Kiss, and uh, Tyrell's just seething. And, like, all the cutaway shots are just him going, Guys, oh, so good at it. Hey, man, I'm going to give Daniel Baldwin... Yes, either if you're looking for a new album cover, just put his, your, his face <laughs> on your next album cover. Wasn't that a song, too, The Seether? Can't Fight the Seether? I don't know. It's a girl band. Don't Fear the Seether? Don't... Fear the cedar. Don't seek the cedar. My uh, black oyster cult. No, 
That was the Reaper. I'm going to give uh, Daniel Baldwin a thumbs up from me. I thought he really did what he was brought on set to do, and I thought he did it well. I'll give him that. Yeah. I thought that Richard Tyson as Tyrell knocked it out of the park. Yes. I think Manny like he, he always plays does. such a grimy <laughs> But he's got charm to him. Yeah. And he's got personality. I thought he did great. I'm gonna give him a thumbs up. I'm gonna give Anna, Eva Hamilton a thumbs up. Um this movie could have been handled Hey. Very campy. And they I'm did. gonna cast you, my buddy, as Tyrell. I'm gonna cast some stripper because I know she'll show her titties as Eva or as Anna. By getting some actual actors in here, it helped Bronzy. You know, it makes it. It makes. Oh yeah, you had to carry that. You have to elevate him because yeah. all he's got is a look. Yeah. And you've got to supplement that with some real talent, and they actually did that. Yeah. Folks, rent Death Kiss. Get some beer and rent Death Kiss. <laughs> Maybe get a Innocent Gun. Are we three thumbs up on the beer? I like it. I do too. I really do. Yeah. Sorry. Always gonna. I didn't say I loved it, but I like it. Get this man a bottle of barbecue sauce. <laughs> oh, dude, that's Death Kiss Two. We're bringing, we're coming loaded with Casey Masby's. Ted's gonna be like, actually, Kate, I thought your point was quite pedantic. <laughs> Let the coyotes deal with you. Um. All right. So three thumbs up on the movie. Two and a half thumbs up on the beer. Three thumbs up on the cigar. Three thumbs up on yes. the cigar. Yeah, I agree. Uh, it was fun doing a Cuban, something different for us. Yeah, was. definitely. Um, but I, yeah, I kind of got what the the hubbub was about. It's a damn good cigar. Um, Tuck, give if some links. Actual oh. Cubans are like this, as opposed to what everyone you know. Oh, it's oh, Cubans are the best. Ninety nine percent of the time, when your buddy comes home from the Cayman Islands or from Mexico, and I get hey, this all the time. Hey, I was down in. Jamaica, and I bought these on the beach. 99% is fake. You have no idea how fake that shit is. Well, and, you know, like I said, knowing that this was authentic, knowing that it actually does have a profile, that it has a complexity, that changes a lot. Like you said, I mean, I've smoked many Cubans, and I couldn't tell you how many of them were actually authentic. Or probably very fake. few, right? Yeah, I like what Kate said. When your buddy goes down there and brings back, and you're like, oh. I can't tell you how many times, and especially early as a cigar smoker, be sitting outside and like, dude, my uncle uh, <laughs> was down in Cabo. It always starts off like that. It's always my uncle was in Cabo and he scored these. You don't I'm, know. Well, you know, you, you have to ask, what'd you pay for? Oh, they were expensive. It doesn't matter. They're fake. Yeah. They're always yeah. fake. Uh, tonight we enjoyed some real Cubans, and I think we saw the benefit of, you know, those fuckers take their shit seriously, and if you can get a hold of the good stuff, maybe maybe get some uh, some reward out of it. Absolutely. I liked it. Tut links. All right, so if you're wanting to buy Cubans, do not go to a famous smoke don't shop. Don't message me. But, uh, you know, if you're going to buy some other cigars, you can go to TuesdayNightCigarClub.com, click on the Famous Smoke banner. Uh, if you're going to buy like 100 bucks or more, click in the uh, code TNCC20. You'll get $20 off your order, which is like 20%. 
And uh, then if you're going to do some Amazon shopping, you know, you're going to buy your wife something, something. You're going to buy your uh, significant other something, something. Or, hey, maybe you shot somebody's daughter and you're trying to make good on it and you want to buy them a little something, something. Yeah. Go to Amazon. Click on our link. That's what you should have done. Stuff. Just had Amazon Prime just deliver shit to their house every day. <laughs> Click oh, on a waffle the- maker. He's in his telescope. Click, <laughs> click on the link. It. Click on the link. Order that waffle maker. It helps us pay the bills. You don't pay anything extra for doing that. Yeah, that's true. Uh, all of a sudden, uh, you know, subscribe to us on YouTube, Tuesday Night Scar Club. Join us on Facebook, Tuesday Night Scar Club. Join us on Instagram, Tuesday NCC underscore cast. You know, all the places you can find us. Um, agreed. And I do want to say one thing. I, I the minute it escaped my lips, I don't often do this on the show, but. Uh, something escaped my lips just a short while ago, and I feel bad about it. And I wanted to say I'm sorry before we leave the show. I was talking about how I'd love to find a, on the beaches of Hungary. Do they have beaches in Hungary? Yes. I'm sitting on the beaches of Hungary, and I find my Hungarian Chris Farley, and I grab him in the net. And I'm, you're coming back to the States with me to make some, some comedies. And I mentioned uh, we'd have to find a Hungarian David Spade, and you told me he was still alive. And I muttered the words, well, that's unfortunate. I like David Spade. I do, too. I don't wish he was dead. And I felt, no. I felt bad when I said that. And I think it takes a big man to step up and say he was sorry. I'm glad you said that. And I'm that man. Barbecue sauce. Oh, <laughs> right my eye. The wolves are going to get it. Uh, thank you, everybody, for joining us. We're going to be live next week. Um, I guess we gotta hurry up and get this one out then. Yeah, I guess Jeez, so. It never ends. Uh, episode ninety-two live from O'Brien's Irish Pub in downtown historic Temple, Texas. We're gonna talk on Revenge of the Nerds. Oh, we're gonna smoke a cigar nerds. blended by nerds. Masons. By Masons. By Masons. A cigar blended by Masons or Stonecutters. Our 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 guest Rev Java is a Mason. He picked Revenge of the Nerds. He said the fraternity angle, secret societies. The goats, everything ties together. Hey, we'll see. Uh, maybe some cheese curds. Oh, we'll see. Uh, it's gonna be a hell of a show. Tut wants to do it live, and I think I just might go along with that crazy line of thought. We'll do it. Um, so stay tuned. We're rocking. Uh, we've had a good year so far, and I want to keep that going. All right. All right, folks. May the wings of liberty never lose a feather. Sayonara, motherfuckers. Now you're dead. To learn more about the time, I went on a hellish, ultra-violent, bloody, vigilante killing spree to avenge my family's death, only to realize they were in fact not dead at all, but just at the grocery store. Oops. Read my riveting and quite shameful short story, Death Goof. Hey, we all make mistakes, punk. And in the meantime, to learn more about the cigars and libations enjoyed on tonight's episode, you can visit Habanos.com and InnocentGun.com. For more on O'Brien's Irish Pub, the live music leader in Central Texas, please visit O'Brien'sTemple.com and download their free smartphone app, where you'll find full beer listings including over 40 on tap, menu information, and a calendar of upcoming live events. To listen and purchase music heard on tonight's program, check out www.FritzBeerMusic.com. Thank you for listening to the Tuesday Night Cigar Club podcast. This is Keith A. Howell saying until next time, friends, unless we see you sooner at the pub. So keep it smoky. 
And for God's sake, keep it ballsy as well. Sleep.